Hello, Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to episode 451 of Conversation Street. Hello, sponsored by Argos this week. Is that right, Gemma? Are we getting any of this? I don't think we're getting any money. (laughs) So we don't condone it. Thank goodness, at least we're sponsored by lovely patrons. What a bunch of commercial sellouts. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we, uh, I don't know why I've launched with this, but um, yeah, today we saw the first Argos um, sponsorship sponsorship idents things, and... um, bit boring really aren't they they're very they're, very safe they're no they're no, they're no meerkats and I know for a lot of people that'd be a good thing but yeah I did like my Alexander well, and Sergey adventures and, you know uh, what they say Michael Brexit means Brexit so we've sent all the meerkats back to the continent <laughs> and we're staying with our good old-fashioned English companies like Argos <laughs> <laughs> hey I mean oh, they're barely even I don't, actually, I don't think the Harvey's ones were at all linked Harvey's to didn't. Harvey's were literally just, just a woman like, walking around in a, in a nice room going, Harvey's, sponsors of Coronation Street. At least with this, they're like going, um, they're saying oh, here's somebody things. punching a punch bag, just like they punch people in Coronation Street. Yeah. Go to Argo. Oh, they I'm had paraphrasing. A, they had a... <laughs> Mmm, bo- Betty's Hot Pot, made in a crock pot, bought from Argos, <laughs> oh, with yeah. a woman poking at potatoes. It was so infuriating. She was literally just poking a potato. Betty never poked a potato in her life. No, she didn't. She had a bit more respect. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, anyway, may- maybe they'll grow on us, but... Um... Don't care now. Okay, okay. We're, we're, we're not here, are we, to... Um, to we're not here to talk about Argos. We're supposed to be talking about Coronation Street between the oh, 28th yeah. of December and the 1st of January today, which is episode one. No, 10,206 to 10,212. Oh, and I am yeah. Michael, by the way, and I'm joined by my lovely wife here. I'm Gemma. I'm Gemma. And we're also, a spoiler... We've got a cat here that's purring our head off. Free podcast about Coronation Street. We are. Which is a soap that's been on the television for... Quite a while now. Uh, 60 years They're now. not as long as Archer's has been going, because that's, um, that's celebrated its 70th anniversary just today. I show think. off. I know, total show off. Well, Corey's still the longest one on telly. Well, it's also the longest, surely, because the Archer's, I didn't realise this, it's like 10 minutes long, isn't it? It's not very long. I, no idea. It's not, I thought it was like a half an hour. I don't worth know. Worth of people just doing foot footstep well, noises. Foot, well, people like Moira. And, and opening like doors. Todd. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Honey, I'd like birthday, to listen. Marcus. I'd like to listen to the archers, but I'm too intimidated to start. <laughs> what do you think it's going to do? Come around, say, I know where you live. Me. Confuse me. Oh yeah. <laughs> you stop listening. You only listen to one episode. What's wrong with it? Right. Happy New Year, everybody. Also, um, you may not be listening to this first because the Conversation Street Awards have just oh, been yeah. um, announced and revealed and released yes. to the public today. Launched. So thank you, everybody who voted. Um, I know it was only a, a week or so that we had the, the polls open this year, a bit shorter than usual, but we still had good numbers voting in. And um, if you go over to our bonus podcast right now, then you can tune in and find out who got the prizes. Yes. Congratulations to all our winners. Can I do my quiz now? You can do your quiz now, if you like. Right. I've, I've had a... Me- First quiz of the year. I had a bit of a mental breakdown because I realised, and I knew this was happening... But I've realised that now I have to switch from years ending in a zero and a five to a one and a six, and I don't like it. It's hard. It's hard to tell. But well, you had to straddle, didn't you, halfway through? Yeah. So twenty eighth. This of is the twenty eighth of December to the first of January. So that's up until 
vote first, that's the year's ending in a zero and a five, and then once we get to the first of January, I've got to do one six. It's all Can't just in believe of five. this. It's too difficult. Right, so first question. Oh, I don't have a pen again. Every single episode Say, is Argos, me saying. Say Argos, get one of those little pens. That's why. They need to sponsor us and give us pens. <laughs> Every week. Every week I need a Thursday delivery There's of a pen. There's one in that little box in there. I think I put one in earlier. Oh, yeah, we had to tidy our house today because we're having a viewing. We're tomorrow. having a viewing tomorrow, yeah. First one of the year. Well, first one ever. Oh, okay, dear, go I'm on nervous. then. Have you got, okay. have you got a good quiz for me today? No. Okay. We haven't done... They, Coronation Street have released an official YouTube quiz of the year thing, didn't they, a few days ago? We haven't done that yet. Maybe Can I do my question? Yes. 28th of December, 1960. May Hardman complains of a headache, but her daughter thinks she's just attention-seeking. What's the daughter's name? Christine. What? Hardman. Yeah. <laughs> he said May Hardman, I so, guess. So, Michael, All I don't hate to tell you this, name back in the but some women change their names upon marriage okay. <laughs> You're it's right. quite a common thing for a woman not to have the same surname as her mother okay okay next 28th of december 1970 one of the barmaids is disgruntled and thinks she's being taken advantage of so annie offers to change the name she calls her to be a more prestigious version who is the barmaid and what does she change the name to what was the uh what was the year of this 1970 um Betty being changed to Elizabeth? Yeah. I didn't I've got no idea that that happened. Yeah. She was she was mad about something. I I always thought that Betty was like a sweet old woman, but she was some cantankerous old cow. She really was. Right. Twenty eighth of but I love her. Twenty eighth of December nineteen ninety. To which city do Phil and Deirdre invite Tracy to spend New Year's Eve? I don't know. You do know because we just watched this. We did, didn't we? Phil Literally. and Deirdre go Oh some, Paris. Yeah. Paris. Dear me. Nin- uh, 29th of December 1975. Conceptor Reagan returns to the street for the first time since 1972. But what's the name of her new husband? Oh, uh, no, I don't know. Colin. Sean. <laughs> Sean Reagan. Uh, 29th of December 1995. Norris gets married. Who to? 1995. Yeah. Angela Hawthorne. Correct. Uh, 30th of December 1960, May Hardman dies. Which house is she in? I think 13, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Stop rubbing the cat's ear because it's really loud. <laughs> well, the ear rubbing or just yeah. the resultant purring? 30th of December 1970, what does the health department say in a report about the Rovers? What was the year? 1970. <laughs> um... Condemned. Why? Is what? this no? Is this the time when um, they thought there was water in the gin? Is it that sort of inspection? Did did I do I accept answers in the form of questions? There's water in the gin. Yes. Yeah. Gin was watered down. So what, that's a weird way of putting it. I don't There's water in this talk. gin. Thirtieth <laughs> <laughs> of December two thousand and five. <gasps> Who does Sally catch Rosie in bed with? Two thousand and five. <laughs> yeah, it's been Sean. Craig Harris. Sean? Rosie and Sean. Oh no, that's Sophie, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Craig Harris. Yes. I get them mixed up. Yeah, but yeah. Well done. Nice. Um 30th of December 2010. Which partner does Tracy bed down with? 2010. I um It's always weird when I remember this happened. Oh, Dev? No. Oh. Nearly, it was David. 
Oh, yeah, that is close, isn't it? Dev. Yeah. I David, just kind of Dave, I said Dave. David. I said Dave, Trevor. 31st of Can December, 1990. Who prevents Ken from overdosing? That. Yes. Also just watched this and heard them talking about it on Curry This Week. Good yeah. scene. 31st of December. Mm. This date sees three characters leave in years, ending in a zero and a five. Oh, gosh, seriously? Can you name one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love being able to inflict physical pain oh. on you with questions. Emily is five years ago this year. I She's not I one of the that. people. What? And it w- oh no, that was first of January. Ah, um, I wouldn't say these were massive names, but it was interesting oh, to me. Danny Baldwin. No, there were three people, and it's literally the only three characters all left in years ending in a five. In I the don't zero. know. Go on. Concepta Reagan, okay. Martin Chavesky, and uh, Natalie Barnes. Uh, okay. First of December, two thousand and six. Where does Emily go for six months? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Why did she go there? Um, save the rainforest. She goes there to help Spider with an orphanage. Yeah, same thing. Drowning all the babies. Uh, nine out of the twelve. That's I don't right. know. That's not bad. Not a bad start of the year. Right. Not many birthdays. Interestingly enough, fifth of January is Harry Alton, who is Coronation Street's first executive producer. Sixth of Jan, producer and writer Tim Aspinall. 7th of January, Helen Worth, who plays Gail Rodwell. Terence Ma- still Rodwell. Terence Maynard, who is Tony Stewart II. Emma Stansfield, who is Ronnie Clayton. And then on the 8th of January, Charlie Condu, who plays Marcus Dent. Oh, that's not a bad. I'd quite like Marcus to come back. Yeah, I think he still could. I think he, uh, you know, there's going to be more Sean stuff in the new year, I'm yeah. sure, if Dylan reappears on the scene. So why not Marcus? Is that? Why not Marcus? Okay, all done. We're ready to talk about this week's Cory. Another extra bumper long episode, wasn't it? Because we had one on, uh, I know. one on Thursday this week. Better get cracking. Right, first Street Talk of the Year. Happy New Year for Street Talk. And it was the, the end of the last year, beginning of this one. It feels like it's been a while since we've had a, you know, a year spanning one, but might be making it up. What was, what did you think of Cory this week, Gemma? Um, Overall impressions? I don't remember. Don't remember much? Still, are you still drunk after our New Year's revelries last night? No. <laughs> we just stayed in and watched Mad Max, didn't we? I thought, I thought it was all right this week's Corey. I mean, it was going a bit slow until that very exciting moment where Danny Baldwin got beamed onto the Dalek spaceship and then took them down. I thought that was quite exciting. Is that... Am I remembering it right? <laughs> Maybe that was another program I was watching this Is evening. that what happened? Is that spoilers? I think that's spoilers. The Doctor Who. He, he, we knew there was going to be Daleks in it. We knew there was going to be Bradley Walsh in it. That's all I'm saying. No, I thought... Well, this... I'm very glad that they got rid of the Cockney because there weren't enough Northerners in Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, now there's John Bishop that's going to be, isn't there? <laughs> get, rid of the, get rid of the fancy <laughs> Southern one and put another Northerner in, please. Oh, I really... I know, I, I know I'm going to on. Me, First we to me, I have to say, what? John Bishop and Bradley Walsh are so interchangeable. <laughs> it couldn't be... They couldn't have picked more, like... In my mind, they both occupy the exact same space of, like, middle-aged... Beloved entertainer. Like, regional entertainer, man. 
But John Bishop hasn't been on Coronation Street like Bradley Walsh has. Well, there's plenty of time for that. There is, after he's done his stint in the TARDIS. And I know we're not supposed to be talking about Doctor Who or anything, but... We're going to get a I, bad review for this. I did. I kind of liked Doctor Make Who this quick. evening. But I still just can't bring myself to like anything really that much that's been going on in Doctor Who for the past few years because I... Because you're a misogynist. No, because I cannot get invested in any of the new characters. I don't like the way they're filming it now. I don't like the production style. Maybe you but just don't like Doctor Who anymore. I, I don't know what Maybe it is. Maybe you should watch something different. But I, I, just, I just can't get... I'm not invested in any of the characters. And it was announced beforehand that um, Bradley Walsh's character and... That other guy, I can't remember what his name is, was going to be leaving today. And when when they had their final scenes today, I just felt nothing. And I think that's what sometimes stops me from really getting into a Coronation Street story as well. And I've I've complained before, because uh, I'm I known to do that occasionally on this podcast, uh, about this um, whodunit story in particular. And a lot of what happened in it this week was probably quite exciting. But because of the mix of characters they've got in there, it's just not quite... You know, it's not exciting me in the way it should. You know? I understand. Yeah. Well, shall we talk about it then? Let's talk about... What stories have we got this week? Smug Scottish hit. Oh, I've I've got a, a new storyline titled Confessions of a Window Cleaner. Is that... I know nothing about that film. What is it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But that's Faye. Um, Jeffrey slash Toy Story. Because there was, there was a Toy Story this oh, week, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. Um, oh, hang on a minute. I had another joke that I was going to make about that. <laughs> I can't remember what it was like. Oh, no, I was... No, it wasn't that good. Okay, I was going to make a joke know. about Tim and Elaine sounding a bit like Tim Allen from Toy Story. Oh, that wasn't worth it, was it? Glasses, Better Call Paul oh. comes up next, followed by Ray's Race to Raise the Place. Um, oh. And it seems like that, that he's getting a few new allies this week, isn't he, old Ray? Um, the Batters BB Baby story is going to come next, which was nice and sweet for the beginning of the week. We had a tiny bit of the All I Want for Christmas show, and there's a new storyline title, Gemma. Arthur is back on the scene, yeah, yeah. Is it even going to give him... Give what? Gemma's got her head in her hands here, just about awful jokes yeah. and puns and things. Giving Arthur chance. Very good, that's, that's very good one. That's it. Thanks, and then there was some funny Steve thing, which I have not got a storyline title for today. Um, so I will do the the Confessions of a Window Cleaner if you like this week. And we've also got all the Peter stuff in there as well. I think this is going to take the um, the bulk of the street talk today. So Daniel on Monday's episode says to that, Adam, you, you can come and live with me when you get out of hospital. I'll look after your um, cousin, uncle. I can't remember. Anyway, he, sa- he says fine. And then when the police come later, he's going to tell them it was Peter what done it. So he's still... He's not conv- He doesn't think it's Peter, but he's going to say it is just to try and get him in Who trouble. Who is going to say Adam. Adam's oh. going to say it's Peter. There's so many accusations flying this week. Um, Daniel says, watch out. Peter's not the only one who likes a drink around here. But Adam says, no, 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 no. What I've really mean? got no doubt about it. It was definitely here. Well, because because um, he's saying, he's saying it, it must have been him because oh, yeah. he smelled of whiskey. But there are many whiskey drinkers around here. Daniel's saying, but Adam's just like, no, 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 I'm going to say it was him. So um, Daniel um, goes back home and he finds Peter packing, ready to do a runner, and says, no, you got to stay around here. Peter wants to do a bunk. Where's he going to go? Plymouth. He said he was going to Plymouth because he, f- he knew it was somewhere down south again with a P. <laughs> Ending in a muff. 
And the and the rights were usually like, Portsmouth is their like, place. Where is that place down? Where do we He's heard that Portsmouth is a hive of COVID of, at the moment. That was in port. tier four before the rest of the place around here. It's a port begin with P. But yeah, Plymouth is all okay. Um, so he says, "Come on, Peter, other relative, stay here." So Daniel goes and fetches Simon playing the guilt card, and he begs Peter to stay, or at least take me with you, Dad. Don't abandon me, please. You'd have thought that after all these years, Simon would be completely blasé about Peter well, abandoning Simon's him at the drop of a hat. Simon's getting rejected on every front because Leanne doesn't really care about him anymore. Yeah. She's like, well, sorry, Simon. Also, I think if I was Simon, I'd be pretty miffed that the vast majority of Coronation Street viewers accused him of bashing Adam over the head a couple of weeks ago when all he did was graffiti the lawyer's office. He's just got those evil eyes, hasn't he? He looks like a wrong one. Sad. Um, anyway, Peter says, I can't take you with me, son. Um, when Leanne's Plymouth back from France, full. she's going to need you. Um, I don't have a choice. I need to go. So Adam goes to see Sarah. He's out of hospital. Um, is he gone out of hospital? Yeah, I guess he is. Um, and they... they they kind of spend the week making up slowly, don't they? Sarah forgives him for sleeping with Carla because she's hardly blameless herself. Uh, Adam asks her about reporting Gary to the police and about Rick and everything, la la la. Sarah says, look, I just couldn't bear the thought of losing Adam. I couldn't bear the thought of losing you for good. So I reported Gary to show you where my loyalties lie. And she she's pretty convinced anyway that Gary was the one who bashed him in. And I wondered at that point whether Sarah Lou would be, you know, whether she was really saying that to try and cover her own back because she was the one that did Adam in. But obviously that's not how this played Can out I as the week went on. I'm absolutely furious about this whole thing. Just, Tell me why. Just to give a spoiler here about what happens later in the week. Yeah. It's Faye. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to, you know, skirt around that back, it's but Faye. let's just say it. It's Faye what it, done it. It's Faye. And I wrote my predictions for 2021 earlier in the week. And I wrote down, one of the first things I wrote was, the assailant of Adam is revealed to be Faye and Gary takes the fall and goes to prison. That was absolutely perfectly right, and now I can't get any credit for it whatsoever because it's been revealed in the show. That's sad. So well, we Gary, we haven't our... seen exactly what Gary's going to do yet, but well, he's been arrested. Yeah, another spoiler. <laughs> Maybe he and Johnny can go. Maybe to prison we should together. just we should just summarise this with that and just move on to the next. <laughs> no, we need the full full details of people who didn't have time to watch Coronation Street this Christmas they because have they were inexplicably being... three hours worth of time. Yes. No more questions. So, um, Daniel goes to see Carla and tells him about Adam accusing Peter to be in the Barlow basher number two. And Peter bogging off to Plymouth. Can you stop um, him going? And she wants to help, but he doesn't think that, but she doesn't think that he would listen. And Carla, completely useless again the majority of this week, I have to say. So Daniel gives up. He starts having a go at Peter in the street. And then Peter looks like he's having a panic attack or something. And he goes over to Victoria Gardens where Daniel sees he's coughing up blood. I thought that was quite exciting when that happened. I didn't know that that was going to um, go on this week. So Daniel calls an ambulance. Peter's still spewing like a sanguineous volcano. Very good. How do you feel about this considering that we had a conversation and you said you were fed up with them telling Peter he can never drink again and having absolutely no consequences? Do you feel like they've upped the ante enough for you, or 
where do you think this is going to go? I guess so, but... Because, spoiler alert, they tell... <laughs> <laughs> they tell me... We're all out of order today. <laughs> this Doctor Who has, has got you doing your time all out of order, hasn't it? You're really walking yeah. time you're me. Um, it's Jeremy Berrimy. <laughs> um, <laughs> they tell Peter that he may have damaged his liver beyond all repair and he might need a transplant, which we'll find out in about three months' time. Do you think that they're going to say... Nah, it's all right. Well, yeah. Is that what you think? Possibly. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm just interested. I, however, he's he's not going to die, is he? Well, so whether he needs a transplant or whether he doesn't, it's a shame they didn't keep Aiden on ice. And then they could have. Um, I think you've made this joke already. No, that that was off air. I was oh. just trying to make it seem fresh for the podcast, I'm sorry, darling. Everybody. Sometimes we talk about coronation soon. We don't record ourselves. Yeah. It's very confusing. <laughs> uh, anyway, p- poor Peter. He's he's uh, he's spewing his guts up uh, over the gardens, isn't he? Getting all over Brian's beans. Um, Sarah, <laughs> um, Sarah, meanwhile, is doing her best to convince Adam that it absolutely must be Gary who bashed him. Simon has a go at Adam in the street as well and and happily admits that he was the one that spray-painted the office. So that's all out in the open now and seemingly no comeback. Um, and then we, we then cut to Peter is in hospital. Um, I, I kind of missed the exact medical nature of what's happened, but I've written here, Dr Chen tells Peter his Pharisees or something may have ruptured. It's Pharisees. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I, I don't know. He's got what? Phalanges. Uh, possibly something inside him. Phalanx. Little little blood vessely things. Wasn't his phallus? Was it? <laughs> his phallus might erupt. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, and anyway, they're he's gonna... like, look, I've I've got this written down here, mate. I don't know how to say it. But anything <laughs> beginning with a P, watch out. Yeah, it starts spewing blood. It really, that should be everybody's advice from from the NHS at all times. If blood spews from anything, no matter what letter it begins with, get yourself to the hospital. Um, Actually, no, sorry. Phone one 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 first, just to make just, sure just you're not check. wasting everybody's time. They're gonna stick a camera down Peter's throat and try and sort out this uh, this Pharisees. bleeding that's that's going on down there. Oh, and by the way, if you drink again, Peter, it could just happen die. again. You'll definitely die. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, that, that that's that there really. And Peter is uh, oh no, Carla. And Peter says, but wait a minute, my girlfriend was mean to me. Can I not have a bit of a drink because of that to get back at her? And Carla the says, oh yeah, okay, in that case, it doesn't make, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Carla takes Simon to the cafe where he's he's in a right grunt with her, and she says, oh, I'll promise to be there if you need to talk. Oh, I'm useless though. Peter says, I didn't attack Adam. Daniel believes him. Peter says, one of the reasons that I'm leaving is because I'm ill and I was scared. Uh, he's still determined to go. I think the idea is that he has to get away from the temptation of booze for three months, isn't he? And he ends up going to Scotland, the land of whiskey. <laughs> um, but instead, he, at the moment, he wants to go to Plymouth, where they drink cider everywhere. So I, I don't know. I know, and it's not American cider, which I don't know why Americans have to use the word cider to refer to apple juice. No, it's hard cider. Yeah, so it's still a temptation. Um, so he's... What? Yeah. 
he he's uh, yeah, he's gonna go he's gonna go anyway and, and I'm going I'm going I'm really going this time um, but he's gonna think about staying which is what Daniel's trying to get him to do Daniel goes home later and finds Adam alone in the dark flat and Adam still hasn't decided what he's gonna say to the police Daniel says look I really don't think that Peter did this but Adam is adamant and despite promising to keep it quiet he tells Adam. Daniel tells Adam about the extent of Peter's illnesses and says, look, if you if you dob him into the police, you're just going to make things worse. Um, and then Willis at the hospital, DS Willis, DC Willis, I can't remember, goes to go and see Adam and says, we now believe that your attacker was Gary Windass. Dun, dun, dun. No, he doesn't say that. Adam says to Willis... I, I think my attacker. I now believe this is so long ago. This happened. I don't. I told you I wasn't really into this story. It was. It was very confusing. I love the fact that you were like, I'm not in the slightest bit interested in any of this. I'm semi interested. I'm going to take the lead in telling everybody what happened. Would you have done better? Yes. Seriously. And there's no way to prove otherwise. Right. So Adam has accused Gary Windass of the crime. Wednesday, Adam says Gary. Uh, I dropped Gary in at Daniel, even though I don't think it was him. Um, cause basically, and he says he did it to deflect attention from Peter, which is what Daniel wanted. Um, there's a there's a yet another showdown between Sarah and Gary in the street. Um, and she says, oh, Adam's had some very interesting chats with the police later uh, recently. <laughs> um, Ken is in it on Wednesday, which I very much enjoyed. He um, tells Daniel, I can't get hold of Peter. He says he's he's bogged off. He's abandoned Simon again. What an irresponsible young man he is. And Because at this point, Ken doesn't realise what's gone on with Peter. They've been trying to hide this from Ken for some reason. So uh, they realise that they, they, the gig's up. They have to let him know. So Ken goes to visit Peter. Um, and this is where Peter tells him about this possible irreversible liver damage that he's going through. And, and and then, uh, by the way, Dan, I'm dying. Ken refuses to accept this, but Peter just seems to have given up. Adam, meanwhile, goes to see Gary and says, you went to go and see Rick on the night that um, I was attacked and I think you found him. Um, and Faye is there as well. She kind of walks in on it, doesn't she? Um, she, she this is in the, the furniture shop, I think. So this is this is the first instance this week, I think, where she's involved in this story um then we have some lovely scenes and this is one of my favorite bits of the week despite the fact that i'm still not really into this story ken talks to peter about this um suicide attempt of his own 30 years ago uh, which we just watched recently on the dvds didn't we i know but you sound, you sound like you you're enjoying it in the same manner that you might enjoy watching some kind of community picnic it was a good episode he says peter i tried to kill myself 30 years ago until Beck gilroy came and um, saved me and Peter can't believe that he hasn't been told this before uh, and Ken said I've never told anyone and I'm, I'm not going to go back and watch all the episodes since then to confirm that story but as far as we know it's been Ken and Beth's secret well um, she goes around there after the next day I think doesn't she and says listen listen truck listen cock don't tell anybody what I told you and I won't tell anyone what you yeah, told me yeah because I don't think she tells Alec does she I can't remember, but she definitely says, there's, look, there's stuff I told you I don't want anyone to find out, and I'm pretty sure you don't want anyone to find out what happened right. to you. Anyway, that was a nice reference. Um, he said, look, I'm glad I didn't go through that, Peter. I've had 30 years of living it up since then. So many stories and everything. I know, um, I think of the all pain the I felt then was nothing compared to the joy I've felt since. So don't give up just yet. 
Thursday. The thing, the thing is, it's slightly different, isn't it, when you get a diagnosis compared to deciding whether or not... Ken had a diagnosis of divorce from Deirdre. <laughs> much along the same lines. Thursday was pretty much mostly taken up by this story. Faye starts the episode asking Gary what's going on and he tells her he's being accused by Adam. But there's nothing to worry about, sis, because I didn't do it. And, and she's like, like, I know you didn't. <laughs> no, no, definitely no, you didn't. Um, we, all, we had our weekly appearance from R. Kelly, who is with um, Willis in the cafe. And he gives this card back, the one that was supposedly sent from her dad, Rick but there's no fingerprints from him on it. So she's now starts to think, Gary knows something here. Well, I, I can't believe that she she was way more intrigued by this than the policeman seemed to be. Mm. Policeman's like, yeah, there's no prints on this card. And she's like, don't you think that's in itself slightly suspicious that there's no fingerprints? Why would my dad not leave fingerprints on a card what's the what would possibly be the reason well i i can't remember i don't remember they had a good look enough at the card i just assumed it was one of these um no it wasn't i think she said and i think she even said something like oh my dad wouldn't even sign it like that because there wasn't even anything it was like three three kisses or something i don't even think there was a i think it was like something like to my daughter or something so yeah. he, she knew who it was from yeah. but he didn't actually sign it he just put x um. marks the spot <laughs> don't say that you would make give um yells mean palpitations oh, debbie and ray um meanwhile oh no that was a different story wasn't it that's a different story i'll come back to that later daniel goes to see peter at the hospital but he's not there he has discharged himself faye um, it gets accosted by Craig. He wants in to. Hospital to uh, in I know. Story. Too many, the hospital police station. Craig wants to do a New Year's countdown with Faye, but she's not exactly biting his hand off about this. Do, are they together? Are they not together? They I said think, they I think they're saying they're not together at the moment, but he just wants to have a friendly countdown with her. And, you know, if she wants to lean in for a kiss when the clock strikes 12, I'm then sorry, who is he to stop her? I'm sorry, but they're going to need to formally. Um... Uh, form a support bubble. No, yeah, they're going to need to formally announce their relationship as regard support bubbles <laughs> to the government. She's. You can't casually date people in the era of COVID. I think that I don't think Coronation Street really care about that. No, anymore. I know. They're, they're putting on the masks, but there's only so much they can do. She's trying to get some details off him about the Gary case. Now, I, I know that oh. Craig is tighter than a cat's backside. Let me tell you what's happening now. <laughs> They've got no idea who done it. <laughs> um, he says, oh, we can't just ignore Adam's statement, but then equally we're not going to arrest Gary until we've got all the evidence that we need. Um, she's not happy because he clearly thinks that Gary's guilty in this. So um, she, she's, she's not, uh, yeah, not happy that her dear brother is being accused. Sarah goes to see Adam later, who's staying in Daniel's flat right now. They talk about New Year's plans and it all starts to get a little bit flirty. Faye, oh, yeah. this is when Faye comes in and they don't even bother to explain how they're able to get in other than the door was open, which I think is I very irresponsible for you know this time of year. Well, it must the be in. freezing. Or maybe, maybe they're going for the COVID ventilation. You've got to open about, the windows yeah. and, and leave your front door open <laughs> for, everybody for, for people who have bludgeoned randomly come in. random men on the head. Yeah. She, Faye said, just drop your statement, please. And they're like, go away, Faye. No. I'm trying to get it on. <laughs> yeah, stop cramping our style. 
Daniel uh, finds Peter back at number one later and he says that I've been away, I, I went for an AA meeting, went for a walk, I'm fine and I'm not interested in your lectures actually, Daniel, uh, but I will stay with you and Ken tonight here. I don't know how, what people are really like after they've been in the Merchant Navy for any length of time, but Peter really, really likes to put all of his stuff in a big knapsack and carry it around over one shoulder like he's in some kind of... <laughs> per- worldly goods. Like he's in a perfume advert by, by people who want to have sailors in it, but I've never actually seen a sailor in real life, but just think it sounds kind of sexy. What's that What's that, that um, perfume that's in the shape of the sailor's yeah. body? Jean-Paul... Is it? Yeah, yeah is he, is, is that it's like it's it? like one of those adverts where they're like he's just walking around with a knapsack. It's like Petey, they, they've made stuff with wheels on it, <laughs> like that little one that Carla carried all her worldly goods in when you threw her out of her dad's home the other week. And and she keeps saying she wants to be back, and he's like, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> not coming back here, mate. Um, what were you? Yeah, so yeah, Sarah. So, yeah, he's not interested in Daniel's lectures, but I will. I will stay here. Yes, and Sarah's getting all sexy and flirty with Adam. Bottle of wine, wine. back together. Yawn, yawn, yawn. They both apologise to each other for hurting each other so much this year. What a wonderful day! And and then Sarah seduces him with some some nice multiverse theory. What she learnt from Sam. I hate to say this to you, Sarah. I know it did work, but you shouldn't really start your flirtation off with. I was talking to a small boy the other day. He told me something great. He told great. me there were infinite universes and there's no, just, probably one just where me and up, you are getting it on right now. Just, he didn't tell me that. Just bringing up a small child while you're trying to seduce somebody, not really a winning <laughs> strategy. But it's, it worked on Adam. He's like, yeah, yeah. What else did Sam say? What else did he say we were well, getting Sarah up to? Sarah leaves him begging for more, doesn't she? Because she slinks off into the night afterwards. Um... <laughs> We have another confrontation in the street, uh, this time between Kelly and Gary. She reckons now, she's jumped from, you know, 0 to 60, hasn't she, saying, you've done something to my dad. This was definitely you that sent this card. You, 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 did, she, did she actually say, did you kill him? I think she I did. I can't remember, but um, handily, before that can get anywhere, Maria turns up and tells Gary he'd better leave, so he does. Uh, they all go over to Victoria Gardens later, um... And then um, Maria's accusing Gary of being the one that bashed Adam in and then Faye's there and says, no, it was me what done it. Oh, my God. That's right. As It was as the clock struck midnight, wasn't it? It was the, the fake fireworks going off in the background. There was the countdown. And, She's uh, saying, I've made Faye. a New Year's resolution to tell you the truth <laughs> yeah. about everything. And I'm starting right now. <laughs> no, I don't know. I've kept that one. I don't need to keep it anymore. It were me. What done it? Friday, we had Faye sitting awake at night. Um, I was of, prepared for a flashback, but I'm glad. We I didn't thought get that one. we would get a flashback because I thought we'd get like lady, Christmas Day, but from Faye's perspective. The lady said, or the man, be the prepared. Be prepared for scenes of a distressing nature. I don't know what it was. It Asher upending all the Christmas ornaments onto the sofa. Was that the distressing moment? I can't. Oh. I'm so desensitised, I can't work out what was supposed to be so, so terrible. It, was, it must have been something with Faye. She looked like she was going through the ring. Very sad. Was she raped? 
No, Michael, why do you say it like that? Because, uh, and again, I'm almost being desensitised to this because it's, <gasps> it's no, Coronation Street keep bringing up the same flipping things. They had it with Anna. They had it with Carla oh. and her attackers coming oh, back just this year. Oh, troubles is so annoying. Can you imagine how bored you'd be, Michael, if you had to have a period every month? No, I'm just I'm saying. Sorry, they're making things... another drama out of when somebody saying, oh, no, I wasn't raped when they clearly were. Okay. And we're supposed to be... So you're really out of line. No, I'm not. I'm the just thing is, this. people don't still don't get it. I know you get it, but many people still don't seem to understand. She Anyway, she wasn't raped, was she? Like, the second time he attempted to rape her, she said, I was... I went along with it the first time. And then it's like she was coerced, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and I, I think that uh, the thing is, maybe our language needs to change because it's the same as like racism. People will autumn always say, no, 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 I'm not racist. I, that's not racist. I didn't say anything racist or do anything racist. But sometimes you do things or say things without realizing what you're saying or doing is wrong, and you don't have any malicious intent behind it. But you're still in the wrong. But because because it's such a loaded term and it's such a bad thing and nobody wants to be accused of it, you, you're automatically defensive and you don't want to be accused of it. Mm. There's got to be, yeah. There's definitely a difference, isn't there, between being sort of attacked by a stranger in the park and going along with a situation that you really don't want to be going along with. There's, there's they're on they're on the same spectrum. Mm. I don't know. I just think that. That our language is very confused and people's understanding is at so vastly different levels and this is happening across lots of different spectrums of conversations it's not just about rape and coercive control and you know um, sexual discrimination it's also like racism and other things where some people have advanced so far in their conversations that they're having a completely different discussion to people who are still starting at the very beginning of understanding what is going on there are loads and loads of people not just it's not just men women too who haven't fully absorbed this conversation and they're not at the same level of understanding the situation as somebody who's been paying attention to things like the me too movement and stuff does that make sense yeah yeah it makes sense and i, and I suppose my understanding of it has you know evolved over the years since, since the anna feeling by me shouting at you <laughs> yeah tell me don't be stupid michael <laughs> well I, I i i just felt that you know with this it, it felt a bit a bit samey and I'm not saying that it's not an important issue. Unfortunately my counterpoint to you is a little bit the same as what we get with the Baileys when racism crops up all the time it's an unfortunate reality of of the the circumstances that they're in and yeah it does get samey and annoying imagine if that was your life and it is very it is some people's lives. No you're right you're right so that so Faye is so you you might be annoyed watching it, but if you lived it, you know it'd be even more annoying, Michael. <laughs> Faye's telling them all this. She kind of starts to open up because Gary goes around later, and or she, at first she tells him about what happened on the night, which was um, she wanted to go and tell no, Ray to stuff his job, yeah, yeah. didn't she? On the night that she hit Adam, yeah. she's explaining she, what she happened. She thought that it was. That Adam was Ray, yes. which was the other theory that people had said beforehand that there was this um, mistaken identity. Yeah. 
identity thing. So she goes around there thinking that she's going to go and tell Ray to stuff his job. Then the lights go out. And then as she's getting closer to him, she has this little epiphany moment about, hang on a minute, is this is a really dodgy guy? And then she says she just lost it. I have so to she, say, I don't... She picks up the hospitality award and hospitalises for uh, Adam with it. I... <laughs> I know... Oh, man, this is just... Like, how can... Ah, oh, she she hit... She tried to kill somebody. Like, and then she's like, oh, I couldn't go to police about it. But I could try to bludgeon him to death, so... Well, let's get to that in a minute about how... I'm really conflicting because, like, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, 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 raise a dog, hit him with it, bash him to death. But in reality, it's like, no, you can't just hit somebody on the head because you're upset with them. That whiskey is strong And you're scared of going to the police. It's not not like there's two options. Try to kill him or tell the police. (laughs) She's like, oh, which one, which one? (laughs) Well, I've got this in my hand now. And also, the other thing that's funny about it is if you actually watch that scene back, Adam's sitting there in the dark and then the camera is, is sort of filming him and then something keeps slipping in, in in front of the camera, like some kind of little, like the Bistro Ninjas return, like like zooming backwards and forwards in the darkness. So, fa- like... It so did look kind of like Batman, didn't it? It did. It looked like, yeah, Batman's Staying, sneaking stick up. into the shadows. So, so Faye, like, went in to confront Adam to confront Ray, um, the lights were must have gone out. She must have come in after the lights went out because she wasn't there before then because he would have seen her. No, I thought from... I can't remember. I'm trying to remember the um, the scene now and the, and the, the flashback the scene last on, week. I think the lights went no out while excuse. she was there. She's got no excuse for not knowing the difference between Adam and Ray because they've got mm-hmm. different colour hair. They're, they're not identical twins so by any stretch of the imagination. She came in... The lights went out and, like, she lost her damn mind, picked up the trophy and started running around in the darkness. <laughs> like, she's kind of, like, squaring up to Muhammad Ali or something. And then sort of darted forward and clonked him on that... Well, he turned around and saw her and went, Whoa, it's fake. That's the other thing, isn't it? And in then the she flashback, went, he literally turns around so, and looks so at her. So if, if he turned around to see her... She must have also seen him and gone too late now. Well, maybe it was maybe it was like in uh, you know the moment and here comes a spoiler, but I'm sure people don't mind this. You know the bit where Arya um, attacks the Night uh, King. Oh yeah, yeah. Arya attacks the Night King, and she's and we see the reflection of her friends. in his eye, and she's yeah. already leaping through the air at him. With Faye already leaping like, ah! through the air in slow motion Sorry. at Adam before she realizes. Sorry, Adam. Too late. But I mean, and it was only one hit. Because you'd have thought that after one hit, you'd like, right, I knocked him out. Let's just check who it is. Is this the person I thought it was? I thank goodness it is Ray. Whack, whack, whack. (laughs) She must have had a serious... He fell down with his head to one side. So what did she do then? Did she... I can't remember whether she knew She says the next day is when she heard it was Adam. So she, she didn't look down to see Adam on the floor. She just went, clunk by... Yeah, I'm going to assume that this is the person that I thought it was. My work here is done. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm just going to leave. Didn't realise that Ray was into the proclaimers, but yeah, he learned something new every day. Ray's dyed his hair and changed his face, that's weird. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure it made more sense in the writer's room. Listen, I, I think the thing about it is... move on. <laughs> I think the thing about it is was that they should have had, you know, like when you watch Crime Watch or something, and... 
well, the bits where Adam was there in the darkness with the, the, the ninja running around and then the bit where he turned around and his the face was reflected, in the corner there should have been something that said, dramatic reenactment. Yeah. And then we <laughs> would have known not, exactly not to take this. it completely seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, Faze told them all about this and then she also drops the bombshell that the reason that she couldn't report him for trying to rape her on that, they, you know, it was earlier that week or the week before, I can't remember, was that they'd already slept together. And at that point, I was like, I, I couldn't even remember what she'd already told them. I don't know why she would have told them about this. Well, she seemed like she was really upset after Gary rescued her from from Ray. Yeah. I would have thought that... No, because she, no, she's ashamed. She she wants to keep all this quiet and private and not. I guess. I guess. And, and that's why she wouldn't go to the police. Like that's that's why Maria thought she wouldn't go to the police in the first place because she, like many women, thought you know I, I I've already gone through enough. I don't need. Yeah. This as well. Yeah. Okay. Um. So she she starts to she tells Gary and uh, Maria then about what happened at the hotel and she said I didn't say no I wasn't forced to sleep with him it's my fault she's blaming herself because and and she kind of says oh, I just kind of assume that this is what happens in business that you, you you drop your jaws for anybody to climb that corporate ladder. Oh, well, and, when she was talking about it, it was like so obvious that she has just been manipulated by by Ray and she's so naive and innocent and she's like oh yeah I thought this is what I had to do or I couldn't say you know I didn't feel like like I could say no and it really is a situation where people will say well she could have just said no um it's her fault that she went through with it but actually if she had said no do you think that Ray's the kind of person to have gone no hard feelings. This won't affect you in any way whatsoever. Well, He's no, got he, all the power he, he over was her. pretty much saying, well, you know, if you want to, well, exactly. You this keep is, your I know, job, but then. I'm, I'm not saying it for, for your benefit. I'm saying it for people, other mm. people's benefit. Yeah. And you know, just because the thing is, there are situations where your ability to give consent is is impaired, mm. <laughs> and this is one of those situations. And so, if it if it's not a you know an enthusiastic, no strings attached, yes to I want to sleep with you, it shouldn't really happen. It it makes me wonder as well whether Faye working at the bistro throughout the whole of last year and she probably... Just to set this up. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying maybe the character would have overheard, you know, Ray all year and the, the way he speaks and then she kind of thinks that that's normal and natural because I can't remember oh, yeah. how long that she'd been working at the bistro beforehand. Um, so, you know, that's her experience a uh, uh, one and only experience of business well, he probably also hit she probably also hears the way he talks about women yeah, yeah and thinks I mean. um well i don't want to be one of those women that he doesn't like you know i want to be one of the cool ones i mm. don't want to make a fuss about things mm. anyway um back with the carla and peter stuff she's having a go at him in the street when when she sees him and then this is when he tells her about the diametrical straits that he's in and she looks kind of guilty about bad mouthing him so they go back to the rovers later on meanwhile maria is oh. turning all this on gary maria and says, was like captain... you should have just taken faye to the police she's captain she... hindsight this whole she she's totally like was. oh you shouldn't have done this you shouldn't have done that you should have said this and you should have done that yeah as soon as you found ray trying to have his wicked way with faye um you should have taken them right down to the police station. Um, and, and then Faye sees that she's causing all this drama between Maria and Gary, which she just blames herself for as well. So she says, right, 
I'm going down the cop shop and I'm going to hand myself in. I'm going to say it was me. What I wish somebody had said to Faye, which they didn't say, was just because you said yes once does not mean that you are obliged forevermore to sleep with the guy. Mm. It can be rescinded at any point. Your consent can be removed even during the act, the, the act that you're taking part in. I'm sure this is point, the lesson that she will eventually learn. You can say no and that's it. It's over and done with. Mm. I know, but I wish somebody had said it to her because I felt really bad. I just wanted to like take her under my mm. wing and go, look, look, men, men are all men are. Men are bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um, the subject of the weapon comes up. Gary and Maria have been able to persuade her not to go straight to the, uh, to the police station because they're probably too busy, you know, with all the New York well, no. New Year's revelers and the drunks in the, in the drunk and tank. The people that have not been keeping two metres apart from their friends. Yeah. Um, Gary says you'll get def- you'll go to prison. Mm. You'll go to prison. You've already made one mistake. Don't make another one. He says you'll probably be done for GPH or, or ABH. I can't mm-hmm. remember which one he said was he worse. He said you'll be done... What? Gri- grievous bodily harm is worse than actual bodily harm, I think. Oh, okay. It's like a OBEMB, isn't it? Which uh, one would I rather later. have? Uh, Gary asks her about the weapon and she says it was a She's hospitality a award idiot. that I found on the bar and now it's under my bed. He said, uh, please tell me you threw it in the canal or something. She's like, I've had it under my bed, actually. <laughs> um, so Gary goes over to Sally's house. Uh, at that point, I forgot where Faye's even staying, but it's obviously over at Sally and Tim's. He goes and gets a bundle of stuff. He's telling Tim he's just getting clothes for Faye because she's staying with them for a bit. Um, and... and uh, I thought this would be more important, but Tim kind of keeps Gary talking for longer, doesn't he? He says, oh, just just wait a minute. I just need to finish ironing this top of phase and then you can go. Uh, but it doesn't particularly make any difference in the end because... Well, it does make a difference because well, Craig when, wouldn't have... Well, it, I mean, Craig could have just been loitering around the corner earlier <laughs> if Tim hadn't kept him there because Craigie eventually sees Gary coming out of the house, stuffing this award into a bag, which he probably should have done inside the house, but never mind... Um, goes and catches up with him. What's in the bag, uh, Gary? Gary well, no, says, also, no, Gary's business, like, actually. I've got the stuff. I'll be back soon. And, oh, yeah, he's and, talking uh, to, talks to Miriam. And the Craig's phone, like, he? what? Yeah, this this will get me that detective promotion that I wanted. He goes over to Gary and insists on searching through his bag with his police powers. Well, um, yeah, and because finds in, this trophy. in the UK, you are if you're a police officer, you're allowed to perform your duties, whether you're in your uniform or out of your uniform and you can also search somebody's bag or property if you suspect them of i think it's having a weapon stolen goods or drugs oh okay so and you have to say i i this is what i think you've done and this is why i think it and now i'm gonna search you and you did you did he said all the right things so he gets arrested i don't know why gary didn't say listen this is face private personal stuff and she would not really want you to be going through it um he's already been her. through her but knickers. literally Faye's Faye was like came out at this point and if he had said this isn't this is actually not my stuff this is stuff I got for Faye and it's private stuff and she doesn't want you to know about it then she would have said yeah get leave get your nose out you're of my right. stuff okay you're you're even more of an evil criminal mastermind be, than gary i would be so good at this and and maria's convinced that gary's going to be able to talk himself out of this maria's like you know what Faye? i don't even care basically yeah we'll be fine don't he's worry about it he's such an amazing it. liar he's so good at lying he's gonna be fine 
Um, meanwhile, with Peter and Carla, he's still trying to tell her that her his health concerns are nothing to do with her anymore. Um, so you can go, love. Um, and she says, I would rather uh, make, you, make a you a sandwich. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we find out that he's going to go up to Scotland with Ken for a bit tonight. So I guess we say goodbye to them for a little bit. Carla wants to look after him and he says, no, don't worry about it, Carla. I forgive you. I give you absolution. Um, you can He's just forget about me. I know, he really is, isn't he? Uh, yeah, because he, he can't touch another drop of drink, so he's going to go on a boring holiday with Ken for three months. Would that not make you turn to drink? This <laughs> yeah, is what I don't trapped, get. Trapped in a remote Scottish cottage it's somewhere like, with uh, Ken. In order to prevent myself from drinking again, I'm going to be spend my time being bored out of my head. He needs to go somewhere like really super stimulating, like go to Las Vegas for three months or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is he allowed to like I I assume that that it's only drink that he's not allowed. What about hard drugs? Why doesn't he try some of those? What about liqueur chocolates? No, not one drop. No. Um anyway, he's going to be fine up there in Scotland, so don't worry about me, Carla, you can't change my mind. Um and then Carla goes and blames herself just oh. just for a little bit more self-flagellation. Oh, it's all so my fault. Uh, yeah. And um, that's how that ends. Meanwhile, Gary is no commenting his way through the interview. Um, and, they, and Willis mentions this this award, which has been sent to the One forensics. One thing. He's like, we've... <laughs> there's some blood that has found on it. <laughs> He's like, we've identified this award as one belonging to the bistro. And it probably literally says, Hospitality Award, Weatherfield Bistro. I don't think it took too much detective work to link that up to the one that was missing from the bistro. Yeah, and it's. I think this the first time that they'd even mentioned that uh, an award had been reported missing from the bistro. I can't remember because I thought no, we. I, were, I thought last week it. we were still unsure exactly what had been used as the murder weapon. Def- I think we definitely saw the, that being we, picked yeah, up. It, it, yeah, we we saw what it was, but we didn't. I don't think we knew exactly. What the award what was the, for. It's very it important because, exactly. you know, was it for cleanliness? Was it for great waitresses? Was it for an innovative menu? <laughs> um, and anyway, the end of the end of the episode, um, he's told, yep, it, we've, we've checked the blood out. It's Adams and... You're in trouble. Your nicked mate. You're arrested. Which which Sarah hears about as well, doesn't she, a bit earlier in the episode. Well, she hears about Gary being arrested and she's over the moon at this. Oh, I love this scene where Sarah was like... Sarah was being such an absolute raging bitch about this. She was like going, ha ha, Gary's been arrested. I'm so happy. Ha ha ha. I can't wait to see what he has to wear in prison. She's so petty. I know, but wouldn't we be the same? (laughs) If somebody had ruined your life quite as comprehensively as, as Gary had. And also she knows he murdered a man. And and now he's now he like he bashed he bashed your husband on the head, wouldn't you be like Haha, good he's in prison? Mm. So I mean it, we're left wondering what's Gary going to do about this. And you you said your prediction earlier was going to be that he was going to take the rap for yeah. it, which it feels like that's the lo- most likely course of action at the but, moment. But can I just say the thing about this I'm not really sure about is that. Did Gary touch this thing, or did he grab it in a bunch of clothes? Oh, yeah, it did have a... Excuse my yawning. It did have a bundle of clothes around it, didn't it? Because he was trying to hide it from Tim. 
So now, his if fingerprints. he picked it up with his fingers, his prints will be on it. And if not, um, the thing is, Faye's fingerprints will be on it, but that, that it will be easy to explain why her fingerprints yeah. are on it, because she works at the bistro. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Because the thing is... If he really if wants to take the rap for it, he could just say, oh, I was wearing my Richard Hillman's. Of course, of course. Um, the, it, it wasn't cleaned since it was used, because it's still got blood on it. Mm. So there will be intact fingerprints on it as well as the blood. So if I was the police, I'd be thinking, you're smarter than this, Gary. I would have thought that you probably would have tried to clean it up in the week I since, don't think or two since the attack. how stupid criminals are. Most criminals get caught because they're dumb or they make a mistake. But I think that they've, you know, haven't they had dealings with Gary before? Oh, what? So you think the policeman's going to be like, this is too easy. This is too easy. I don't think he did it. <laughs> Yeah, so real it, life isn't like that. <laughs> um, I mean, Gary's got a couple of reasons why he might want to take the blame for it. One, he's being the protective older brother of Faye, and he doesn't want her to you know, end up with a custodial sentence or anything for this biggest mistake that she ever made of in her life. Um, not including that time when she got pregnant and then gave the baby How away. How could you say that Miley was a mistake? She's a precious gift. But also, if Gary is saying yes, it was me. Does that mean that he's got an alibi for what he was actually doing on the night that Gary was attacked? Which I Adam. still think Adam was attacked. Sorry, which I still think is a little bit vague. And um, was he doing something with Rick? Was he moving the body, or was he checking up on the body, or something? And that would be really interesting if he got. Is, off is it like of, the lesser of two evils? If he got away with killing Rick because they had him for something else, and the police were like, eh, don't, uh, "I don't know." At the end of the day, Adam seems pretty fine now, doesn't he? I can't. <laughs> I can't remember what other crimes Gary's committed, but I Lone do sharkery. think that once you're arrested in this country. Not only can they take your fingerprints, but they can also take a sample of your DNA. Yeah. So if they if they ever find the thing is, if they found Rick's body, they they would definitely have reasonable uh what's the word? Suspicion to take his DNA to test it anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. Well they they found evidence that his no, Rick. they found evidence that his body was somewhere. No, they Rick. found evidence that somebody's body was oh, that's true. buried in Beacon Woods, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but they still they still don't know for absolute sure that Rick's dead. But yeah, I guess I guess it might make sense for Gary to. We hope that if he if he goes down for this one, then he avoid the only way. The only way that charge. it could happen is like say they actually find Rick's body and it's like on the top of something that could never, definitely not have been there any other point in time except for the evening of the whatever of December, Possibly. which is when he was doing the other crime, and so that will become his alibi. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of interested to find out what happens. But I, I just, think... I just wish that I cared about the characters in this more. That's that's my biggest uh, sticking point with it. And, and it, the other and it thing, feels like it's just like, oh, come on. The other thing is, it. is like we're assuming that Gary's gone off to do something nefarious with Rick um, during the time when um, Adam was Adam's yeah. being bludgeoned because we do know he was abroad that that night because Sarah saw him. So is it something else that he couldn't say that he was doing that might perhaps be also slightly criminal but still not as bad? 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, what else could I, it be? I really don't. I, I really don't think that we have been given the full picture of what he did that night because I think all we saw was him going into the furniture shop and and looking pensive at a gas lamp, wasn't he? Maybe he stole the gas lamp off an old lady. Maybe, maybe. Could be, couldn't it? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, it, we, we know, know that now it was. was it, what's your um? What's your overall you know impression of the fact that it was Faye and when the when the bombshell was dropped? Last night, I I Are you thought a bit it, disappointed. No, or? I wasn't really because I was like, yeah, that makes sense. It couldn't really have been anyone else. I'm surprised that they didn't go out of their way to explain why it was obviously Faye all along because they normally spell it out a bit more to people. Yeah, I think because I mean, the whole the, thing about the whiskey was a bit of a red herring. That, that was our um, we talked about that last week, didn't we? Well, yeah, because she had drunk the whiskey. Yeah. That, that Sally Elaine and Tim was, had. Yeah, that Elaine was replacing on Christmas yeah. Day. And I don't think that you would remember that. No, but it it was odd how still on Christmas Day, Faye didn't seem particularly bothered when this whiskey was brought up in conversation. She was too busy, <laughs> disappointed by the horrible uh, bit of jewelry that she'd been given for Christmas. But uh, I just think when Faye announced it was her. Rather than a <gasps> sort of reaction, I was just like, okay, thought thought that. I, I, I didn't get a feeling of yeah, I knew it was her. It was like okay, and I think that was you know that as as I thought I would. I don't think there was going to be any uh, you know uh, outcome from this that would have literally made my jaw hit the floor. The other thing about this is this kind of weird thing that Corey's got about Ray being a being. Like, I don't, it's really difficult for me to to work out whether what I'm supposed to really make of somebody who is the victim of um, a crime, but then who attacks and tries to kill somebody. Like, I really can't see how Faye's an innocent victim now because she tried to kill someone. Yeah, and I mean... And she went to go and confront him, and she escalated from, I'm going to tell you I quit my job, to I'm going to bludgeon you to death and leave you bleeding on the floor of the bistro. And she she, she was a bit tipsy, but that's, that, well, that doesn't no stand excuse. up in court, does it? No, you can't say, oh, I was drunk, Your Honour, and they're like, we've all been there. And I, and I wouldn't say particularly that Faye's, Faye has got... No, a history of. It doesn't feel like I know something she, I know Faye she killed do. Owen's fish that one time. Oh, that was so terrible. Um, but I mean, she learned a lesson after she, she gave her a good old smack around the bum, didn't yeah. she? So yeah, I don't think it, this is very, very in character. No, but then also you might say, well, what is in Faye's character? I don't really know because she hasn't had much to do. Mm. And and I think um, Ellie Leach was saying as much. Um, you know, in the last few years, I think she. For, for the impression that I got from some interviews is she wished that she that her character was being used more and now this is her first proper story since the pregnancy, wasn't it? And and that was what three, four, five years ago. I, I don't even know how long it was since since she gave birth to Miley. So maybe it is in her new character. And you, can, you, I, I almost want to say it's in the Windass DNA, but of course she's not. No, not she's technically an a Windass, but um. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure her mum, her fake mum Anna, would be proud of her for. Yeah, go on, bludgeon him. Yeah, just like I stabbed Pat Feeling, Feeling and yeah. got away with it. Yeah, she probably t- she probably told her. She probably learned it off her mum. Yeah, yeah. If you I hit stabbed someone. Pat Feeling. I got away with it. So yeah. if you ever if you ever get somebody that um, that lures you to a hotel room and has yeah. his wicked way with you, just you you're know. allowed to stab him. Yeah, that's the law. Yeah, 
Us windass women. <laughs> We've made a deal with the devil. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, did I you, what, what did you think about um, when the, the the revelation came? Were you expecting to, to find out this quickly? That it, whoever no, that, it was? that's why I wrote it down my, my predictions. <sighs> I thought they'd drag it out a bit longer, but... That the makes it is, sound, the court saying you would thought they'd drag yeah. it out longer makes you makes it sound I'm like you're they, glad that they didn't. Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't because we don't need to. We we now the the plot has progressed further, isn't it? And it it's just feels given us a new. It just feels a bit like a half past two, doesn't it, for me? And I and I'm comparing it to the ultimate one of the Who bashed Ken, which I don't know how long it lasted, but in my head it went on for months of so many twists. And this week you think it's this person, the next week you think it's that person, and then they throw another red herring in here, and it's just so masterfully done that this one feels like, oh, was that it then? And it almost reminded me a little bit of the end of the 10,000th episode. You have Ken saying, and now I'm going to leave the street forever. And then, you know, a month later, he's like, hello, everybody, I'm back. And then at the end of the 60th episode, you got the shock of, oh, no, Adam's been bashed, who done it? And a couple of weeks later, it's like, it was Faye, you know? It, yeah. But maybe they needed to keep that suspense going for a little bit longer. Well, the thing is, it's good because the... Um... It's good because now Gary's in trouble and the the sort of the the wolves are circling, aren't they? Yeah, 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 it is. I uh, think it's I think it's good because um, <clears throat> Maria's right in a way that that Gary always gets away with stuff, but I don't see how he can get away with this because he doesn't really want just to. Just say it was Faye. Well, yeah, exactly. It's my sister. It's it's actually a really interesting um, dilemma because he doesn't actually want to get the person in trouble who who did it and and now he's been caught with the weapon that's the thing he can't explain that can he the, the, and, the, and the police aren't <clears throat> the police aren't gonna look into it they don't need to explain it they don't need to find out it's not in their best interest to find out why he was walking around with it if i mean he, he could say he could tell the truth and drop his sister in it. It feels to me like he's not going to do that. No, he's not. But if he does take the rap for it, I don't know why Faye wouldn't then say, no, it was me, actually. Because she was Maria so intent said, on going to the police. To Maria said to her, if she tells the police, then they're both in trouble. But I, I still think that it's pretty pretty harsh of unless, Faye to sit back and go, oh, listen, thanks, bruv, listen, I owe you one. Listen, unless... It turns out that Gary does need this as an alibi for whatever else he was doing. But Faye's not going to know that. She he might tell her though. She goes Faye, to be. Faye, I killed Rick. Come here. Shh. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> this is a perfect crime. Yeah, I'm going to take the fall for this. Look, okay? I, so I, you, I don't you, think that she's going to. Won't we? Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying that. She's being pressured here, isn't she? From mm. from Gary and Maria to not say anything. Yeah. Yes. Let's yeah. move on. Um, I, do, I guess. Um, are, are we are we in agreement that Gary definitely definitely doesn't know it was Faye? Just before we move on with that what little was bit, Faye? that it was Faye that bashed him in, because Who, we did Gary? Adam. Adam, sorry, he did turn around and see the reflection in his eye. We talked about this last week, and you said, well, maybe that's been. And erased from his memory because of the you know, the shock of the. There's no way that he would make. I can't think why he would be so keen to. The thing is, he her. he really really loves getting Gary in trouble, and 
it was either Peter or Gary. Mm. Uh, he obviously has no problem with getting getting someone in trouble for something they didn't do if he doesn't like them. So if he thought if he knew it was Faye, there's still a chance he would say it was Gary anyway. I think it would be quite exciting if there was a scene next week just with the two of them and Adam goes, I know it was you. That would be quite fun. <laughs> um, what about the Peter and Carla stuff? I glossed over a lot of that because it just really seemed like it, it. was you know, circling the same old drain that those this two have been going around for 10 years or more now. Pathetic victim mentality that Peter has that he's like wielding as a as a weapon. Like he's so morally superior to Carla because he didn't cheat and she's driven him to this drink. Time. And she's the worst person and he's not even going to let her help him. It's so annoying and and pathetic. He's such an annoying idiot. Yeah, but this idea that somebody and and no and I think Roy Roy said you know it wasn't your fault. Like if you're going to say whose fault it was, maybe it was the guy that that um mugged mugged him in the first place. Maybe it was the guy that gave him the the alcohol. Roy didn't actually get down to the meat and potatoes of what the argument should be, which is. You can't change what happens to you. You can only change how you react to it. And Peter's reaction, you know, if if he was going to be tempted all the way along the line, it's Peter that's the problem, not the world. The world can never be free from temptation for Peter. He's been trying his hardest. It really annoys me. You You can't expect to never have a bad time, but you can change how you react to things and you have to empower yourself to react in a different way mm. and 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 it's hard i know it's hard i struggle with things i react badly and poorly but i don't blame anyone except myself mm. i think peter's weak and pathetic and, and i think carla is as well he's dragging carla down every scene she that needs carla's to just slap in him now around she's the face just and miserable say, you do what i say stop pretending and hiding we're in a relationship you've got to let me help you mm. or have some dignity and say well, fine, you're not in my life anymore. She's just so, oh, desperate she's and sad. Desperate, yeah, she's desperate, sad, needy. I just need this to Oh, Peter, but I love over. you. I'm so sorry. I slept, like, why did you even do it in the first place? This mm. was just, like, a, a, a what do you call a group of idiots? A cavalcade of morons. <laughs> just, just bumbling around being ridiculous and stupid and it doesn't help that i don't care if they get together or not to be honest carla and peter are the most boring couple i think that they're pretty solid together and to me they feel like they belong together i've never liked them together i don't i don't you know i don't love them i don't stand them or anything but i know there's loads of i know there's loads and loads of carla and peter fans and it's like Really, a really bad idea to slag them off and I know that they get mad and love them and stuff but why? I think that Ali King and Chris Gascoigne have got great chemistry and and that's something that a good soap couple needs because sometimes they try and throw these couples together for plot reasons or like I don't know what to do with these characters let's make them get together and They're I think in, so in the, smug. I think that both of them really do spark off each other really well but it's just they, they just go through the same issues again and again and is again don't they it's dragging them down that two two actors 
are, are really talented and they are charismatic, but their characters are just so deeply unsuited to one another that they shouldn't ever have gone out in the first place. Oh, that's interesting how like, you think that, because I think that oh, they, we've got all the they answers to every, in many ways. No, they spend all the time like, oh, we've got all the answers to every single problem. Oh, here's a problem. Oh, I'm going to collapse into a heap <laughs> and I can't concentrate or do anything. Can Rubbish. We... Absolute crap. Before... I hate both of them. Before we move on from this, because we're getting too too moany about this, (laughs) I would like to say again how much I absolutely loved Ken's stuff in this uh, this story this week. He didn't have much to do, but so often when Ken comes on the screen, I sit back in just amazement about how fantastic he is. And I think I I really, really take him for granted, but they know how to use him just, just right to, you know... Tweak the nostalgia strings in my heart, and they didn't do it in a in a, a casual. I'm gonna drop a drop a name here just to uh, appease the fans or anything. It felt quite natural how it was coming across, and I just think uh, I think that Ken's very precious, and um, the fact that he's still going very very strong after all this time is um, just incredible. Don't you think? Oh yeah, Ken was great this week. Um, I I did like that callback, especially considering we just literally just seen it two days before. Yeah, I feel sorry for him. All the stuff, all the stuff that his family put him through. But um, I oh, he's just as bad. I, I wish I know. I, I I wish we could have more of him, but we're, we're not going to be able to for the time being, are we? So no. continue to use him well, please. Um, what do you think about Adam and Sarah? Are they just like <sighs> back together for just the I drama guess. for for I half guess an hour. They are. I don't care about them either. I know that it was it was written as some kind of grand reunion <laughs> of star destined lovers this week, wasn't it? Well, that... you don't know where the fireworks came from. <laughs> and that, uh, are they getting back together? Fine, but was any oh, we just weren't invested in them in the first place, were we? They were they were thrown together for this plot at the beginning of the year. We never saw any of them as a married couple. Then they split up, and now we're supposed to be, you know cheering that they're back together again i i don't care it was quite funny when sarah pointed out to Azam that like they literally only just got engaged this time last year and since then they've got married yeah. and got and broken up yeah and then got back together again <laughs> <sighs> whatever 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 is exactly right for those two <laughs> absolutely i know i i really i'm sorry that i'm i really am so down on carla and peter I know that people really like them and it is important to have characters, you know, not every character reacts in the way that you want them to or is sensible and those are the characters that are more interesting to watch. But like you said and other people have mentioned, it just feels a bit like like a, a bingo ball machine and the same numbers keep coming out every bloody week. Yeah, and 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 I would say that both Leanne and Nick and also Tracy and Steve, who've also been, you know, involved in the same circles as them, have managed to escape out of it a lot better. And I know it's silly saying that because there's still drama going on with Leanne and Nick and she's yeah. like, oh, you need to be out of my life. And it feels similar, but it yeah, doesn't but feel quite so depressingly predictable. rinse and repeat as yeah. Carla and Peter. And, Tra- and Tracy, who was going down a... A real destructive path with Carla, you know, five years ago, has come out of it spectacularly triumphantly in my eyes. Maybe she's not exactly the same as she was, but the fact that, yeah, back back then we were like so sick and tired of Tracy and Carla. I couldn't imagine being sick of Tracy now. I think she's great. 
So what's what's gone wrong here? It's, it's the vi- it's the victim mentality that I don't enjoy at mm. all. And um, there's definitely a difference between recognizing your flaws and understanding your weaknesses and your shortcomings, and acting like a victim, a helpless victim. Mm. And I think that they're both acting like circumstances are beyond them, and it's not true. Yeah, and it's really frustrating. And and even Carla being, you know, ag- agreeing to leave the pub, which Peter lays no claim on. I know, and I can't believe that Jenny and Johnny haven't gone. No, I know. No, you go. You're only here because we we have to let you in because of her. I mean, yet again, Johnny Go and has live stayed. With bloody Ken. Johnny's stayed right out of this, hasn't I don't he? Blame you would have thought that bloody nose out. You'd of that have thought lot. that he'd, he'd you know he'd be involved in some way, but he's. I think if I was Johnny, I'd I'd have a bloody up, good talking to to Peter. Yeah. Peter's such a malicious bastard. He literally has drunk himself to death. To punish his girlfriend. And she's there going, oh, can I make you a sandwich? (laughs) Let's move on. I'll make the sandwiches for your funeral, you absolute nut job. Speaking of funerals, Gemma, let's take that segue and wave (laughs) bye-bye to the great Magnifico. The Jeffrey story. I'll pass over to you. Jeffrey. On Monday, Tim is um, the 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 funeral's going to happen, isn't it? And Tim's not very keen on going. And Faye says... Um, well, I don't know. She, she's like, I, I don't really want to go as well, but it is me granddad. Yeah, and um, Tim's like, I just wish all of this was over, to be honest. I wonder whether Faye at that point said something like, well, none of us are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done things that maybe we shouldn't have. Um, Alia is telling Yasmin that she's surprised at how much effort Yasmin's going to. I just think this shows that Yasmin is such a pure soul. And such an, yeah, a good person. Go, she? she says it's the right thing to do, but then she starts stressing out because they've made a, a spelling mistake on the order of service. And I just think this is the most fitting thing that happened. So did I. I think the actual choice of words that they use on the order of service were perfect for this. The gone for not forgotten, which is completely playing into the fact that Yasmin can't forget yeah. and is having these flashback hauntings. I think that them. was a very ominous thing to write, to be honest. I don't know who put that on there. <laughs> I know, I it know. It feels like... That- like Yasmin's enemy wrote they, this. They were the ones that were organising it, weren't they? I think didn't I think that Jeff she Yasmin mentioned before that Jeff organised his funeral already with a with a planning service. So it wouldn't when surprise me that, to... if he didn't actually put this together himself. Gone but not forgotten. That seems like the sort of thing that Jeff would want people to say. No, that seems that seems too ominous. I think Jeff would make some kind of joke or something. What were you going to say? I can't remember now. I was, uh, something to do with when you plan it or something. I was just saying, when you plan your own funeral, do you have to come up with the uh, even the quote that goes on your order of service? It seems very macabre, doesn't it? But yeah, I think if right, if Jeff did, he would. Um, yeah, he, he'd have he'd put some kind of joke in or like, now you see me, now you don't, or, you know? Oh my god! <laughs> what do you want to go on yours? I don't. I don't want to think about it. I want mine to be like. Perfect 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10 what? Uh, <laughs> uh, coffins. Um, anyway, so the, the, yeah, this, but the, the other thing with this is it's um, misspelled, hasn't it? Forgotten yeah, well, has got one T in. Um, which I, I thought was great that Yasmin picked up on it because I think it was in the first interview that I had with Shelley King, she was talking about Yasmin's past and the fact that um, in, in her culture... Um, 
correct literacy and, and grammar and spelling and punctuation was really important and you know if you're really well educated and Yasmin would have been the sort of person that was a real stickler for this so I don't know whether the writers had the same idea of Yasmin whether it was just coincidence but I, yeah I, well I it was very it. true to her character Yasmin yeah, didn't like the spelling mistake she starts to fret about it um Elaine thinks that this is going to give everybody closure do you was it do you think it would have been George that would have written this does he spell his name George Shuttleworth with one t in the middle because phonetically it's the same uh, same reason for the double t that's, sorry, that's just a teacher. I don't know who that. puts together the order of service. I don't know. I was, we didn't. Um, we didn't I see, think the funeral directors do it. Sometimes. We didn't see George this week, did we? No, we didn't even go to the funeral, did we? No, we had, we had the hearse coming along the street. Tim's getting frustrated by the whole thing. Yasmin gets haunted by Jeff. I love a good ghost story. Um, they leave. I I thought that I didn't need to see Jeff again, and I know you know it was because he starts saying ah. Oh, you, 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 like, he accuses her of something or you can't you even wanted, spell it you're right you're so or, happy you'll be dancing oh yeah that's right you didn't do a jig on my grave and I, I really did like when he appeared on the Christmas Day episode but when it was you know the next episode on Monday and it's like here he is again I don't know it felt like the, the shock value had gone take it up with Mel B oh exactly and more on that later she wants to have some time alone. She decides not to go, actually. And Tim has the same thoughts. He finds her in the garden and she says, I can't, I just can't, I can't face going. And he, she, she invites him in and together they talk about what it was like. And she says, I, you know, I, I saw him, it's like he's in my head and I hear his voice and he's criticising me. Is it ever going to end? And he says, yeah, um." I, I didn't want to go because I was worried I might cry and I would never forgive myself. And I think as the week progresses, Tim speaks a bit more about this. And I think he is... He seems, like, very blasé and, like, he he's, he hates his father and he's completely glad he's dead. Yeah, it's very but cut actually, and dry for Tim. I think... No, I don't think well, that's he said, the case. That's I what think he's trying to project. I think that he is really struggling with his grief... And he feels as though he's not entitled to grieve for his father after what he had done. And he feels guilty about the positive emotions that he feels for his dad. And he's trying to tamp them down so that he won't express them. But it's not working at all. Um, well, they have a little chat about, you know, Jeff t- about Tim talking about the happy times he had with Jeff when he was little, but now they've been soured. And well, Jasmine has- says, you know, despite all of those things and despite everything he did, we actually both loved him. Yeah. And I it was like quite- they had their own little personal service for him, really, yeah. in a way. Arlie gets back from the funeral and she's glad that they're both there because they didn't know where they were. And Tim's just glad that the service went as planned. He finds an order of service in the street, reads it, and then scrunches it up. Mm. I, I thought that might come up again later, but it doesn't. No, I, I thought it was quite um, a nice way to end it, really. Obviously, they, they couldn't have filmed the funeral scenes, could they? They couldn't have gone outside, unless they were going to bury him in, in Victoria, Victoria Gardens. Gardens with his, well, uh, this is why it's useful to have ashes, and isn't it? To start scattering them around all over the place. Yeah. But he wanted to be buried, so... Yeah. So well, I, I thought... It, yeah, it's it's quite nice, um, Yasmin and Tim, you know, bonding again over, you know, this guy's well, ruined our lives. Well, there's always a danger but... there that they're going to never speak really to one another again, not just because mm. it's Coronation Street, but, but also because 
despite being family, it was only through marriage and that it was through a marriage that was based on, you know, a, a, a very unhealthy relationship. Mm. So it's nice to think, not that I know whether this will happen or not, like Yasmin will always be a part of Tim's family. I hope so. I, I don't know whether that will be the case. They live next they door, don't they? can't they, even so. be friends with each other, can they, on the street? No. <laughs> on Wednesday, Faye's in a rush to leave in the morning, apparently. Oh, yeah, I wrote, I wrote that down here because I thought it might have been relevant, but it wasn't really. Um, Elaine. Elaine comes over. This this is the toy story this yep. has turned into on Wednesday now. Um, and, and Tim's like, oh, I've got all my Christmas presents that you gave me, all of these, my, my Neutron Man and my Weebles and my little car... Um, do you want me, I can put them on display if you like and she's like I don't you know, do what you like do, do what you like with them I gave them to you 15 20 25 years I don't care yeah so Evelyn hears about the fact that he's got all these toys and says why don't you just donate them to the jumble sale I liked it how I can't remember was it Dev maybe calls that Evelyn the Knievelin because they're talking about the evil Knievel yeah um, motorbike man thing yes Tim tells Sally about this and Sally's like, what the hell are you doing? Why have you done this? And then Dev says, yeah, I looked up one of them toys and it's worth £2,000. And that's just one of them. So Tim and Dev quickly try to hunt Evelyn down and Dev's like, I don't know why people were so, found it so out of left field when Dev turns out to be secretly working with, um, with, with Ray. Ray and uh, Debbie because he's obviously out for cash all week because he he goes he's and helps. He's still trying to um, he's recoup the losses from last year. And well, the he's trying to get his fund. money back for <laughs> for scrubbing the internet of Asher's porn videos. <laughs> so um, he's trying to help uh, Tim so he can get. He's, he wants to find his fee. He says seven point five percent. He goes on. So he uh, Evelyn's like I don't really remember, but maybe it was Chesney or Bernie. I. I, I I guess it might have been one of them. It's basically a wild goose chase, wasn't it? It Going from person to person. They go see Chesney. He's like, I don't even have any money. What would I buy it with? It's like, did you swap a a quad, maybe? (laughs) It's not just cash. You've got to think of your resources. Chesney hasn't got any money because he spent all the money that he still mysteriously accrued last week in order to buy all those Christmas presents. Yeah, what happened What's about going that? on Are they there? just never going to tell us where they got that cash? Or did we just miss something? Please we do write in did. and tell us if we, we missed did. where Chesney got his Christmas present money from. So, yeah, he, I didn't buy anything. Back at home, Sally and Tim are... <laughs> Tim's like, I just won't... I just lie. I'll, if she asks me where it is, I'll just He's lie. Like, I'm a great liar. And Sally's like, you're crap. I'm going to be... I'll be Elaine and you be Tim. This was another real high point in the week for me. This was really funny. There were a few scenes. Generally, this week, I was just a bit like... With it. But the, the Ken scene and then this scene really elevated... You know, the week for me. I this absolutely just, loved this. This was a great scene because it didn't just, you know, advance the plot. It also showed us the relationship between Sally and Tim. Mm. And she's she's like, right, I'm Elaine. Um, I'm going to come in. Oh, where are those toys, Tim? Oh, they're in the attic. Oh, I want to go and look. No, you can't. You can't. You can't go up there. I've got, there's woodworm there's up woodworm. there. There's woodworm. Oh, I know, how to, I know how to get rid of that. I've got a friend who can help you. And he's like, oh, God. Oh, right, fine. I can't lie. Um, I'm just going to have to tell her the truth. It's one of those very unnecessary in many ways scenes and it's where you hear about you know the writers get an outline about what the script needs to do and like in this scene Tim realised 
realises that he needs to tell Elaine the truth and, and then it's up to the writer how you do this. And it could have been done in a completely... You know, yeah, t- sorry, just saying, Tim, you have to tell Elaine. Yeah, but the but the writers like, I, I'm going to make a little skit here, which yeah, is basically it what it was, wasn't it? It was and a little cut, a little sketch. It was nice to see Tim and Sally doing silly Tim and yeah, Sally things, playing off each other because was, they they used to get right. you know they got the award for best on screen partnership in the Soap Awards one year for how funny they used to be. Yeah, and and you know, and Coronation Street seems to panic sometimes when it gets a comedy character or, or a relationship and it goes, no, 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 we're a drama, we're a drama as well. We, we also do drama. Let's, let's give them something dramatic to do because mm. people love that. And, they, and they, keep, they ruined Sally and Tim for years and they're, they're, uh, they're, they're in danger they're of doing the same things with, with Emma when they're like, oh, Emma's great. Uh, people love her. She's funny. Let's have her kill Eccles. <laughs> people will love that. I, I think Tim is, is very slowly worming his way back in my affections and, and it seems like this that show what a great couple he and Sally are mm-hmm. that are going to make me, you know, forgive him for those years of where he was a bit pants. Yeah. Loved it, loved it. Uh, so in Speed Dial Later, Evelyn asks... So Tim's there with Elaine and um, he thinks he can just not mention it. But then Evelyn's like, oh yeah, Tim, did you ever find those toys that you tried to get rid of that you couldn't find? Because I was just remembering that actually it was Bernie that bought them. And <laughs> Elaine's like, what? What's this? You sold the toys? Um, Elaine's like, you know what? Fine. I'm, you know, I, it's, it, they were yours. They were yours. You could do what you want with them. But you can tell that she was upset and she leaves. So on Thursday, Bernie is trying to sell the toys out of the kebab shop. And Tim gives her 60 quid for it because they're, they're worth so much more than it's that. It's a wonder that the number of people, the number of hands that these toys pass through over the week that nobody thought to look up the actual value of these mint condition toys from the 60s. I thought you were going to say nobody sprayed them down with anti-back. <laughs> these That's things have been spreading COVID across Weatherfield for a week. I would have thought that especially Bernie, she'd have been a bit oh, more yeah. canny she, about There's this. no way she would have because she was like some of these are in mint condition like you would so look it up if you thought they were worth money you wouldn't go I'll just assume that they're worth you know a tenner you'd look it up well thank goodness for Tim she didn't well he gives the 60 quid and then he arranges them all and Elaine comes in and um, she's kind of glad to see it but Tim's just moping about everything that he's lost and how his childhood was a lie yeah, it kind of ends on a bit of a downer, really. It wasn't both, really a triumphant... They like... both end up saying, oh, oh, how our lives have been ruined by Jeff. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's the that last he it. saw of it. But I, I, I quite enjoyed this. It was This is almost a bit of a silly caper It would have been nicer if we'd had they? a bit of closure at the end of the week with them saying, it's nice you got your stuff back and we can't ever get the years that we've lost, but we can make memories now yeah yeah it's just sad it's just really sad mm. um i'm just trying to think whether there's anything else because it was a fairly you know throwaway story in many ways i mean the the, the jeff and yasmin stuff it feels like it's over but i guess it's not and we're going to see more of yasmin going through um you know the the ptsd effects of, of this for a while to come but um, Evelyn was pretty funny in this because she was. It was a bit where they were like trying <laughs> to offer her money. She's like, "I'm not going. I'm not going to take, take bribes." And Jeff was like, 
how was I supposed to know? Yeah, and she's like, like, well, yeah, you're right. Normally I, I would. My favourite Evelyn bit of this week was when she couldn't remember who um, from the Winter Brown household she'd sold the toys to. And she says, they all smell of kebab in that family. She <laughs> kind of says it's to herself. Yeah, so, yeah. I thought that was great. Love Evelyn. Right, better call Paul now. And again, this story, it was... I was kind of uh, torn with this one because in so many ways this was so, so predictable about what was happening and, <laughs> and everything was going... I mean, it, it, Paul, uh, Todd couldn't have plotted this to work any better for himself. It's like everything that he wanted to achieve, to achieve he, he managed it and then some. Todd was... I mean, Paul was just playing right into his hands and it was almost ridiculous. But by the, by the time we were, like, towards the end of it, I was just, like enjoying it for what it was and thinking yeah Paul you, you you deserve this you plonker this was like watching one of those videos for that you get on YouTube when you watch somebody putting the dom- dominoes out and they they lay them all out and it takes them ages and ages and painstaking work of like setting it all up and then at the end they just flick one thing and the whole lot comes cascading down well it, it didn't really seem like Todd had set all this up that, that, to be honest, you know, I have you to say, your dominoes yeah, yeah, and right. then the dominoes just say, we'll just fall over ourselves, thanks. You don't, don't even need to touch it us. It's unfortunate for Paul And then we'll that, put ourselves back in the box afterwards. That really... Billy, yeah, you're right. Todd didn't actually do very much at all. I mean, he bribed this kid to, to lie, but this very easily could have happened in reality and Paul would have reacted in the same way he really shouldn't be allowed to work on this helpline. No. He 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 broke the rules. Mm. The, the Will is by no means the the first nor last person who will approach him with this with presenting the same dilemma that he's had here. He's obviously not mentally ready. No, clearly not. Let, let's let's Talk go over what it. happened. Anyway. So Monday, uh, Todd comes over to the flat for with a Christmas present for summer, and Billy. I was confused by Billy this week because. Last week's, he was like saying to to Paul, "I know what Todd's like. He's evil. He's just trying to trick you. I, I've I've known him for all these years. He's such a massive schemer." Yet this week, he was being oddly nice to him and it asking was... him about the phone line, and he, it all seems quite amicable between them, really. And I was thinking, is, Bill, is Billy trying to trick Todd here? But it was such a drastic turn about face with no. It makes me think we missed an entire episode. Because literally, you're right. One minute Billy's saying, beware, beware, Todd's own, Todd's evil and without reason. And then the next minute he's like, oh, Todd, would you like some toast? You're really working hard to help people so proud yeah, of you. Yeah, it's such a shame that Paul's been arrested. You can come round and do our murder mystery game together. It was weird. Anyway, um, they, they they have lunch together and, and Todd is now dating AJ. And I've written Sanjay here because I thought his name was Sanjay, but then I had to look on the ITV website and it's actually AJ. Um, I got really confused because I thought his name was Jay and they were talking about our Jay, but no, it's not. AJ. <laughs> AJ. Do you think that the slogan for their call centre is you don't have to be gay to work here, but it helps? <laughs> because literally, as far as we know, they've got three members of staff. There's a very discriminatory hiring practice going on here somewhere. <laughs> um, AJ is basically there just to 
rub it in to Paul that, um, oh, yeah, the, the number one rule that I have for my helpline is <laughs> yeah. don't, don't ever take your work home. Don't, don't ever, ever talk give anyone, to them in dark ever give anyways. Them your, your home number or anything. And Paul's there going, oh, I, I would that. never do that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, oh, Wednesday is when it all kicks off and, uh, and the, the puppet master cuts his strings and old Pinocchio Paul just goes walking off by himself. Um <laughs> You were doing it all along by yourself, Paul. Nobody needs to manipulate you. You're doing so, it to yourself. at work, Will calls Paul again. Um, and he's kind of saying, oh, I think my dad's, my stepdad's going to go off on one again. I, I want to, uh, and then Paul says, I need to call the police. Uh, Todd says, no, I don't know whether you should. And then uh, Paul backs down saying, yeah, you're right. It's none of my business. It's so, none of my business that this boy that I'm working at a helpline for needs help. Yeah, so Todd Todd is obviously <laughs> doing this to make Paul later feel guilty that he hasn't got the police involved. Because um, <laughs> Todd later tells Paul, you know what, I'm so I'm so impressed with the restraint that you're showing. You know, mo- most people in your situation, when they hear that this this young boy is about to get beaten up by their stepdad, most people would do something about that. But, though, you but you're like, no, it's none of my business, Governor. Well done, Paul. You know, he could be dead right now and you did nothing to help him. And that's <laughs> Paul, the right thing to do. Paul totally takes the bait. Oh, no. And, uh, and I he, think I've done it wrong. He, he decides to go around there and do something about it. We don't get to see this. It doesn't turn out that Will's dad actually lives in the kitchen street set that they seem to use for every other street. Um, he comes back later, though. He's been, he's driven out in the, in the underworld van there. Um, he to went the address that to, Will, to this, yeah. this address that Will gave him, saying, "This is my house," but nobody was there. So he also <laughs> t- says that, "Oh yeah, so I tried to break in." <laughs> so noble, Paul. Call you stupid chav. <laughs> I know. Like the most, the Try most. To, that's the most winter thing to do in a situation. Totally like, I just thought I'd break in. <laughs> yeah, tries to break in, but ends up breaking a window frame uh, sort of in the process, and then oh, right on cue, as if you know. I, I almost think that Paul uh, Todd must have hired this bloke to come round as well. This this angry man, this angry homeowner, comes round shouting the odds about his window frame being broken. Paul says, I know what you've been doing to Will. And this guy's going, who, who, what are you even talking about? I've got no idea who this Will is. I thought this then was a bit too ma- elaborate. Then he starts making fun of Paul and his invisible friend, doesn't he? I don't think he would do this. I think if you were really, if, the, if you were mad that somebody tried to break into your house and they started saying that you were a, like a, a paedophile, I don't think you'd go, oh, your imaginary friend is good, thinks I'm a pedo. I think you'd say, where's your boss? I'm going to phone the police. Yeah. Th- it was at this point that I was just, I just sat back and enjoyed the ridiculousness of it, really. I, I was there with Todd, kind of snickering away at this. Well, no, Todd's like going, I literally didn't do this to you, Paul. No. You stupid donkey. Paul's <laughs> <laughs> solution, Paul's solution is just break something and then, see what happens. Well, including this guy's nose. Weeps. Because Paul... <laughs> punches him in the face and he ends up the guy has to end up spending the night in hospital or something oh my God. Like, I, I don't know what Todd plans like, hoped to achieve yeah, when he like... got up that morning he's like well, how much shall I do to cause mischief today but I'm sure it, it didn't end in Paul being arrested hospitalise a man yeah 
He does it. It's, it's totally Paul's fault. Must have been totally. Must have been the most satisfying moment of Todd's life to watch this happen. You couldn't ask for a no. for a more cooperative and, idiot. And not only did Paul punch this guy right in the schnoz, the police turn up right, right at, at that, that moment, very they're moment. They're just driving past, like nothing to see. Wait a minute. They, although to be fair, <laughs> they do have a habit of that because the other week when um, Jeff go did Tim into punching him, that is also the police car just happened to be driving past. At the same so they've time, probably they? spent a lot of money on this police car. They're going to drive it round and round. <laughs> um, so Paul says that this guy's guilty. He's got. He's been. He's been beating up his wife and and menacing stepson. his stepson and everything. You need to get around his house now. And, and Craig's like, like, no, no. <laughs> you're under arrest. You're actually. the criminal. <laughs> Craig, he's, Craig, he does so much good arresting. Craig, Craig he, gets like, good st- he gets some gold stars in his police chart this week, don't I'm Craig. doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I've arrested Paul, I've arrested Gary. Oh, oh dear, Craig. This is not a way to win friends and influence people with your neighbours. You just go up arresting everybody left, right and centre. Well, there's a, there's a lot to be said about policing within the community, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I, You know... I don't know that people are going to thank him for a lot of the work that he's been doing recently. He, uh, he just needs to step up and arrest, you know, people who aren't his friends and neighbours now. Do you think he's a bit nervous about arresting strangers? He just wants yeah. to practice on the people yeah. that live he's near like, him. I haven't, I haven't left the road. <laughs> I've just been arresting everyone up and down Coronation Street. And to be honest, I think I can make a career out of it. Because when I arrest them, I need to say their name, and I don't know who the other people are, and I feel shy about. I'm really them. shy. Maybe that's part of his OCD. And he's... He hasn't got that anymore. <laughs> Just forget that ever happened. Um, so they go off to the police station anyway. And um, Billy says, oh, I know that Paul should have never got involved with this. Oh, what's Geraldine going to say? Or she's going to get Geraldine going to say? She's going to get wind of this and realise that Summer's living with a crim. And um, she's going to have Summer off of us. And uh... I think, my, honestly, I think that if you look at the back of Granny Spellman's car, she's got a sticker that says no homos, <laughs> a sticker that says I love Jesus... And another one that says punch a pedo. So I think she'll be fine with it. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, she'll be okay. So Todd's like, don't worry, Billy. I'm going to smooth this over. I'm going to go and let the police know that this is definitely not Paul's fault. <laughs> hey, hey, come here. Craig, listen, what? listen. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely Paul what done it. it he was totally, totally oh, off the handle. On, this other guy didn't ask for it at all. I need my notebook. I'll write this down. <laughs> this all sounds legit. Um, so the, And then he goes back to Billy and mm. says... Oh yeah, I told him that the other guy was wild. So I'm sure Todd's, I'm sure Paul's going to get off with this. It's just, he's just defending himself. It's absolutely fine. Billy's like, oh, thank you, Todd. Oh, you're such you're a such sent- a saint, such oh, a my hero. God. If this if this is the long game that Billy's playing with Paul, and I've wondered, Todd, how am I confusing those? Um, and and I've been saying, I've been wondering this all week. Is is Billy just you know pretending to like? Well, what's Todd the end now? game? But he's he's letting letting his boyfriend get arrested as know, part of this plan. If this turns Todd out to be his plan, day. it's like, don't worry. Don't worry, Paul. I know you're in prison, but this is part of my plan. Yeah, I'm going to show Todd <laughs> up and embarrass him in front of the whole street. Um, anyway, t- Summer... Oh, no. Um, and that, Yeah, Craig uh, tells goes goes and tells Todd and... There, is, uh, there was a bit of superfluous Summer this, this week. There, there was, there was. Just so that we could remember who she was yeah. when, when she comes back in six months' time looking different. Um, yeah, it, it, Paul, Paul's getting arrested, basically. He's being kept and in the And Todd cell. says, don't worry, Billy, I'll come round your house, I'll help our home. Billy's like, thank you so oh, much. Oh, I do so need lovely. help, because we've got family game night and there's no family anymore. Yeah, you can't really play a murder mystery when there's only two players. Yeah. So do you want to join in, Todd? 
Tom's um, like, yeah, I will, but I've got to make a phone call first. I've got to make a phone call in the middle of your lounge, Billy. So can you and Summer just, you, you know, listening? get out the room because I want to speak loudly to Will about what a bang-up job that he did today. Um, Literally. And, and then at the end of the episode, Billy's opening up to Todd and says, oh, I'm so worried about Paul. And, oh, I, uh, I think, I think you know, you, you and Summer get on great guns. So it's, uh, can you hang around? Because if things go south with, with Paul, uh, I think she's going to need you. What are you doing, Billy? You... Everyone in this story, apart from Todd, is is silly. Dopes, aren't they? And then in the end, the very last scene we get on Wednesday's episode is uh, Paul being very angsty with his shoelaces off on the the cells. Paul sits lying in the cell going, I make bad choices. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we don't get to see much of him on Thursday, do we? He comes back in, he's been charged with criminal damage and assault. <laughs> he's hoping for a suspended sentence, but Todd's like, oh, I'm not so sure about bit, that. Sounds a bit prisony to me. Um, but sadly for Todd, um, he's going to have to try a bit harder next time because the only other scene that we get of them on uh, New Year's Eve is them, Billy and Paul, they've made up and they agree they're going to be more supportive of each other from now on, which Summer is chuffed about. And Todd's like... <laughs> if I tell you what, if Todd wants to stitch Paul up a bit more, I heard that Debbie's got a bit of Oxo Cube on some tinfoil that he can borrow. Yeah. To make it look like he's up to drugs. Yeah. And Billy'd be like, Where'd you get this from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's trying to shoot it up and it's like, Oh, oh it's Harvesto. Oh, <laughs> oh, that takes me right back. Um so I, 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 as as utterly ridiculous as this story got this week, I did kind of enjoy it because it was hammy it, shenanigans. It was hammy shenanigans in the face of dark, dreary, depressing, accusatory, um, you know, crying and victim blaming. Yeah, basically, which was the other story. I thought this was. I thought this was fun. Um, I Are you still, really warming to Todd now? I, 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 yeah, I, I can't help it. I'm really warming to the new Todd, and, you shouldn't be and I'm resisting. still, see, I'm still seeing, a, you know, a real split. On the fans okay. online, and some people are saying I cannot get behind this new Todd, and I can't believe personally that I'm not on the, in the same camp as then. But well, Gareth Pierce is re- so is really so very warming good, to he? Gareth Pierce. It just makes me wonder that he's got he's got the perfect face, like in his in his um like his mug shots of it, you know, like his headshots or whatever, and like when you see him oh, in, with, not in those, this role. He? You would never believe that he is capable of such smarmy, smug faces and such evil, grinchy grins that he's been giving this week. It's so hammy and glorious. The only thing I miss is him going, gulp? But I don't suppose we'll hear that well, until... And it makes me wonder, mm. you know, if if Bruno had been allowed back to Coronation Well, no, Street, let's just say he didn't ever get fired. Okay, if the character went off for a bit yes. and then this was his comeback story, the stuff with stupid Mick the gay va- um, gangster, how would it have played out? Because we we had such a bad first impression of I Gareth Pierce's Todd. And at the end of the day, we said, it. oh, it's just the story. Could yeah, Bruno was. have made that story no. more palatable? No. I'm thinking maybe he couldn't. No, I, yeah, I don't think so. I honestly think... If you if you tried to think of a worse way to introduce Todd, you wouldn't have been able to to come up with something that wasn't was worse than the story that they came up with. It was just so stupid. Silly Mick with his gun, Eileen telling him to go home and don't be such a nasty man. 
Where's Eileen? And the weird, and the weird subplot about them. We're going to adopt a kid, so I hope this doesn't. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they had. What that... are you talking about? They Go had away. No idea. You're not that a character in a this. Fire, I don't want to know about your personal family circumstances. Side piece of a a side piece. Get out. Yeah, but um, I, I'm gl- I'm really really glad that I gave him another chance because he's he's a real highlight. Yeah, he at is. the moment, and but Todd's a fun character, you know. I... He is, but he it, it could have so not worked, and and I personally think that um, Gareth Pierce has done a great job of <laughs> recapturing so, some of the, the the Todd magic. Well, good. I'm glad that you're. I'm. I, yeah, I, I I really am, and and uh, it was less than a year ago, I was saying, oh, nobody else could be Todd. And I really think we willed this into happening by the insistence that we kept saying this won't happen. Yeah, may, maybe. I, mean, I don't know, but um, I don't know whether I, I don't know whether I'll forget, you know, the old Todd. But as it's Gareth really Pierce hard, himself said, yeah. um, Kate Ford has made the role of Tracy her own, and, and same with with, with Ben. I mean, Price even Peter taking Nick on. I don't think Peter was quite the same because no, the, the right. character of Peter wasn't really developed before. There's Chris definitely Gaspar been took over the role, some very notable success stories in the the general Nick genre and, of recasting. Nick and Tracy characters. have been the major ones for Corey, really, mm-hmm. where a, a very well developed character has been taken over by a different actor, and we've just had to forget about them. I just didn't think that they'd be able to, you know, get it right. I tell you with what, this character who I really, really loved and adored the the original portrayal of him. It but doesn't hurt. Me over. It doesn't hurt him that he is up against two bumbling idiots in the form of Billy and Paul. Because like Billy and Paul never, you know, never really rooted for them. No. Before, because it feels a bit weird. I don't like. It feels like, it feels like Billy's like being given money by the parish to look after this idiot and sleep with boy. He's <laughs> yeah, he's homeless. Yeah. Like I, I didn't buy them as a couple particularly. I didn't. So I, when I Todd comes in and meddles with them and shows them up to be idiots, it's kind of fun and int- and satisfying to watch him. It's like the cat among the pigeons. And it, it really isn't obvious who we're supposed to be siding. I know we're supposed to be like Todd's so bad. I really wish he'd leave those that lovely couple alone. It would make. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it wouldn't I, be I, the first you, time that we rooted for the wrong person in a situation. No, no, it? no, absolutely not. But it the the way that you know Todd's doing his smirking and it. It just feels like we're supposed to be on his side because Billy and Paul are being so ridiculous. But equally, Paul's being very virtuous and maybe for that reason we're supposed to be on his side. But I'm sorry. Yeah. With with his, with his, um, you know, I've got to do everything to save Will and I'm going to... He's so stupid. ...break the rules and... I just... uh, He deserves everything that's coming to him. (laughs) Really. And... That's mean. Uh, I, I I I don't know whether Corey wants us to think that, but oh, um, I think we're I think we're, we're allowed on, to think. I'm on Todd's side like. here, That's, but I suppose it's the same with the, with the Ray, which we'll get onto now, and um, yeah, the, the moral is, dilemma. This is of a bit tricky, isn't it? Whose because, side are we on here? Yeah, because actually Ray's not got a bad, you know, not got a bad plan here. No, the sexual assault is the is the thing. That, that's that the bad bit. Throws a bit of a spanner in the works here. 
but you know as far as um i think this is this is pretty good really because i said before that one 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 of my big criticisms of Corey in the past has been if you want to have a villain in the show you need to give them a motivation for what they're doing and at the very least it needs to be logical and it needs to make sense to the character what they're up to and it helps you it helps to make it more uh feel more realistic and they've done a really good job with ray and and todd i mean i said before i'm not quite sure why ray is that that invested in this but he's sort of said since you know i've put all my money into this this has been a massive investment for me this isn't this isn't just ray turning up with a blueprint that he got his mate to draw on a bit of paper you know and and having having put nothing into it this is like a serious project that has been going on for a long time that he spent time and money on yeah and he's like a good year at least yeah and it's so so now he's it's not just you know a personal thing it's like he has to he's gonna bankrupt himself because mm. he said we said he said before been that, selling yeah. off some of his other uh, properties on there. so um so they're trying to decide what to do because now everybody's found out about their plan and people don't want to sell, especially Gary, who's got the, the biggest piece of the pie, really. He's, he owns the factory, the, the, the site the building, the factory's yeah. build, built on. I don't know if he owns... Does he own the building? I can't remember what... He definitely owns the land. So Debbie's like, we should give him more money. He does, because they pay their rent to... I know, they pay their Gary, rent, but there's... Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. So he's like, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to um, pay him more money. I'm going to shift the focus from the organ I'm grinder. I'm going to shift the focus from the organ grinder to the monkey, says Ray. And Which so is Nick. That's horrible to say monkey. that about his, his ears. <laughs> We're well, going to get us in trouble on Twitter. I it's only a joke. Nick phones Sarah up and says, Ray's offered me a load of money. And she's like, sounds great. Um, Sam can see that Nick's a bit conflicted. And he's like, oh, I need to make a big decision about something. And Sam says, oh, did you know that the bamboo in China means that you should definitely not take this money? Or something. And <laughs> Nick goes to see Ray. Surprised he didn't start saying, well, you know, multiverse theory. In one universe, you, you sell the factory and the other one you don't. So it doesn't matter which one you go to. Because somewhere else in the universe, the other thing will happen. Yeah, so. it's all good to me, Dad. Nick goes to see Ray and he said, and this was like, I felt, I felt like I was in a parallel universe myself, to be honest. Nick goes in and talks to Ray about selling up as though Ray's proposition was to build some kind of uh, extermination facility. I said this before, like a, like a puppy mashing factory. (laughs) He's like, I will not stand on the side of evil. I will not let you destroy the street and our childhood home. I have to stand for what's good in this world. And I'm going to keep my knicker factory. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. And Ray's like, what is it with these people? I just want to build a hotel. (laughs) Friday, Debbie is going to go to speak to the planning permission man today and she says it wouldn't look, it would look good if we got another local businessman on our side and I was a bit confused about this because they decide that they're going to get Dev to do it but it seems like Dev has always been on their side at, yeah. at one point. He's and had I think a bit the of timing, a vault uh, fast, hasn't he? Uh, there's Dev. a bit of a weird timing confusion in this because Roy goes to see Dev and says, oh, remember I told you to write that 
letter of objection. Can I look at it, please? Can you send another one? And Dev's like, no, no, I don't have time. And he leaves and Ash is like, you didn't even write one in the first place, did you? And he's like, no, why? What do you mean? And she gets mad and she throws all of the Christmas decorations out of the box onto the sofa, which for some reason included three Christmas cards. <laughs> why are you putting those in the attic, Asha? Just put them in the bin. Maybe next year when they put the decorations up, you just put the cards up on the string so when everyone comes to visit, you get, yes, right, I've had three Christmas cards already. <laughs> and it's only the 1st of December. How many have you had? Yeah. How many? Maybe they just keep them cumulatively and, like, one, like in, like, ten years' time, they're going to have, like, a thousand Christmas cards and everyone will think they're super popular. Maybe nobody ever sends the Allahans Christmas cards because they think they don't celebrate Christmas so they mm. only have to write themselves one each year. That's really sad. Yeah. But they do celebrate Christmas because Asha uses a, um, the Christmas tree topper, which is Frosty the Snowman, to, <laughs> oh, yeah, to, to point at Dev in a, in a humorous to manner. To her sentences. So... Asha accuses Dev of not being on the protesters' side, and he's like, yeah, I'm not, actually. It's just business. You know what? It wouldn't actually be a bad thing if they put a hotel opposite my shop. He's been in cahoots with Audrey, hasn't he, that one? Well, he's not wrong. Ray comes round, and he invites Dev to the bistro so that he and Debbie and Ray can um, sort of schmooze the planning guy. Um, And then we have... Friday's episode had two people listening from afar as something happened. One of them was Craig watching Gary put incriminating evidence in a rucksack and the other one was Tyrone listening and hearing Dev going, do you know what would be a great idea? A big, great, big hotel right opposite my shop. That's what we need around here. Well, it was Dev, wasn't it? The Tyrone here going... Oh, I thought yeah. I said that. Oh, did you? I thought you said... I didn't, I didn't know what that was. That was your Dev voice or your, uh, your Ray voice. He was going, oh, yeah, Ray, man, he's such a great businessman. Oh, he knows what he's talking about. You need to let him plan, put his hotel there, yeah. That's my like, dev impression. I can't believe it. <laughs> so, um... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just blindsided you there. Roy, what I don't, I didn't, I wouldn't, I missed this. Jenny can't get Roy a letter. Yeah, Roy, Roy goes in to ask Jenny, can I have your protest what does she letter? Say? Well, she says, um, yeah, no, I think Johnny was dealing with that. Mm. But Johnny's not in this episode, so you can't have it. And then to no, neither Roy doesn't say to either of them. Did you actually write handwrite this letter? I assume you'd hyped it up somewhere. So can you just go and print me off another copy, please? So, um, and Kevin hears from Tyrone about what Dev's doing, and Abby's like, "Oh, he's going to be sorry. He's going to be sorry about this." So back at the beach, going blow up Dev's car. Um, the planning man is getting ready to leave and everyone seems to have tried to convince him that he should definitely go ahead with agreeing that this proposal should take place. But just as he's leaving, Ray's like, hey, would you like a free hotel room for you and your missus? And he's like, thank you. And he's like, that sounds awfully like a bribe to me. Good day, sir. (laughs) And leaves in a huff. And then Dev comes out to find Abby and Tyrone standing awkwardly outside the shop with, with Asher. And he's like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, hey, what are you doing? You're to my some, shop. Yeah, we did you have some things from my shop. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're protesting, actually, um, because you're a horrible man. Hmm. And then I really like this. Jenny comes along and says, what the hell are you doing? Why are you, why are you boycotting him just because he's got a different opinion to you? You should be ashamed of yourselves and stop um, stop telling people 
what to think. And then Ab- and then she says, somebody says, oh, Dev says, oh, I'm not the only person who thinks this. And I was like, oh, yeah, who else? Give me names. Who else doesn't agree with me? And Jenny's like, you see, exactly. Of course, nobody's going to come forward when you're acting like that. So um, I think part of the problem is that partly because of, I guess, the COVID filming restrictions, we said at the time, that there aren't really that many people on the street that are on the protesters' side, are there? There's Kevin, um, Abby, and I think Kevin's probably only doing it because of, of Abby. Because Abby won't show um, up. Brian probably. and Kathy, who seem to have given up by now. Yeah. Rita, who showed up just because it was the 60th anniversary. And that's about it. Literally everybody else. who oh, David's agreed to stop um, harassing, harassing Ray. Ray now anyway. There's, there's an awful lot more people that live in the vicinity that don't seem to care either way about this massive hotel that's going to be dropped down from above. Yeah, so... Um... Roy comes along and says, well, the planning permission has oh, yeah, Roy as well. been denied. Oh, yeah. So I think I think basically what this means is the guy who's in charge of giving permission has said, I don't know that this is actually a good idea, but there's still another process that it has to go through. And normally what the would committee. happen is the committee would get the planning person saying, great idea, and they go, great, we'll do it. But if the guy, if the planning guy's like, no, this isn't a good idea, it's very rare that they go, oh, we'll do it anyway. Yeah, well, the, this um, this news at the end of the episode has made um, Ray pissed, Ray pissed. And <gasps> he decides at the end that he is going he to do whatever he way. can to get on the side of the committee. Maybe <laughs> the only way that he can by offering to them. give them a hotel room yeah. or opening up a sinkhole uh, or threatening to open up a sinkhole outside uh, their offices if they don't let him build this hotel yeah um i mean again this is this feels a bit more realistic to me than what we had before which was everybody saying no it's terrible we don't like this we don't want this although devs really just seems to be he's turned into that's come out of nowhere today there uh, as far as i I could tell there were no hints no there weren't any because he was the one that was going oh no oh no what about gentrification he was there banging on his drum during the protest i think he just learned the word gentrification and then he went home and looked it up and went hang on this sounds good why am i against this i'm not i love it brilliant yeah gentrify the hell out of this place property prices up through the roof i get how they maybe have made him do this because then Abby and that can accuse him of being a Judas. But it, it does sound very, very well, it was odd. Asher that, that accused oh, him yeah, of being it was, a wasn't Judas. it? Um, or or they, a, a traitor or whatever. But it does sound very, very odd that, yeah, two weeks ago he was there banging away in his drums outside the brewery with everybody else. I don't know now, why he did no that. No particular reason. It's not no particular reason. He's decided reason. it's actually it's wonderful. No, it's logical that he thinks this, and the same with Jenny. Both of those people stand to gain from this being there. But uh, Jenny, I thought, was an enemy of Ray. I, I, and I'm sure that there was... Wasn't there a scene with Johnny going to see Ray recently? It's showing that they've still got beef with each other. And I would have thought that just, you know... For, what did they have beef about? Well, uh, when, when he first moved in there... Um, he was doing oh, he all was these free drinks. He was yeah. undercutting them, and I, I and I, we we haven't had any more of it really since last New Year. But oh, I kind yeah. of got the Nobody impression. Went round, did they, to the no, I got the impression that there was this, you know, antagonistic relationship between the Rovers and the Bistro. But the thing and now is, Jenny's like, oh, I love Ray. But if you were against somebody because they're taking your business, and then they say. Yeah, we, we could fight over 100 customers, but what about if I bring a 1,000 and we share them? I think you'd go, yeah, okay. It's, it, 
it's but not it is illogical. Also, it is also still odd that they are siding with somebody who is a, a, a publicly um, humiliated sex pest. And I know <laughs> Ray. I know. I know that Dev's also a bit of a sex case. They all are. But oh, Jenny's not. Go back in time long enough. Not the men, not the women, but most of the men on Coronation Street should be in in prison somewhere. Yeah, Dev and Ray probably sharing notes about how they felt up the members Let's of female stop. members Let's of staff stop now. Um, well, he's impregnated half of his. <laughs> yeah, how many how many kids have you got from your or your hotel staff over the years, Ray? And Ray's like, what are you talking about? I haven't got any kids. Oh I'm God. careful. I use protection, Dev. Blimey, what about Faye? <laughs> um, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I hope not. Um, anyway, it it still seems odd. Um, I don't think so. I disagree with you. I think that given given a bit more time to think about it, I think that they've both said to themselves, "Actually, we're getting we can get more customers here," and it makes sense because it's been a very tough year for the for um, not for corner shops but for for pubs totally makes sense that she's thinking about how are we going to recoup the losses that we've incurred this year not that they seem to be affected because people could just waltz in and get a takeaway beer i, I thought they already sold portable, but i know yeah um uh, and i i really i really also did like this felt like a little bit of a anti anti-cancel culture speech of her journey and i quite liked it yeah but what would rita say about it because rita as i said she came in on the 60th anniversary episode to say she was talking to wag her finger at right i know but the, but it's one thing is i think she's right i think she's right i think they were being really out of order what the protest yeah to try to hurt dev's business because he didn't agree with them about whether it would be beneficial or not it's one thing to disagree with somebody and it's another thing to sort of think that they're evil. And there's still this weird hang-up that Coronation Street seems to want us or or assume that we just think that it's inherently evil to want to change the way the street looks. But uh, it, it's inherently evil if the person who's in charge of it is a sex case like Ray. I know, and but that's, the thing that's is, the problem. No. And it almost seems like any characters that are now aligning themselves with Ray, i.e. Jenny and Dev and Audrey, are also tacitly saying, yeah, it's all right to do what you're doing with your, with your female members of staff. How widely known is it that... Abby literally stood up and there, there was, there was some event, yeah, wasn't but... there? And she, she branded him um, a, a rapist and or whatever. In, and, and she brought all these women who'd been silenced by Ray. Do you remember? There were all the women that he'd paid off that weren't allowed to say anything. And Abby's like, well, I've mm-hmm. not been told to say that, that I can't say anything. So she, 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 she well, have all told me that, that you've been, yeah, wandering hands with them. So I think it's very well known. I am finding this very annoying to have a conversation about because I in no way condone sex cases. <laughs> in fact, I think I've been firmly on the on the record as saying I disapprove of sex cases. I'm so grateful to Abby for making <laughs> for adding this phrase to our vocabulary this yes. past month. Was it? And I just, but it just really frustrates me that it's being complicated by this kind of spanner in the works thing of it's not really supposed to be about it's not a story about should you get into business with somebody who has done immoral things in their personal life it's not a story about that is it but because of the fact that that's what ray has done everything is complicated and shaded by that thing yeah 
you know, and it's all very well to say, oh, you shouldn't ever do that. Um, you shouldn't, you know, but we all, unfortunately, because of modern life, have been dragged into very dark, shady things that we're implicit in. If you have a mobile phone, if you're listening to this on a phone or a computer, you, th- those, the, the things that have were, you know, the computer is made of have been mined probably by people who didn't really want to you know what i mean it's like enslaved labor china as well probably the practices that these companies use to create the things that we rely on technologies technologically speaking and the precious metals and minerals that are inside the phones are mined by sometimes child slave labor and we know about this that's not to think about it when people talk about slavery and how could anybody do it i think we all have slaves we just keep them in a different country that's the difference we just don't keep them around us it's you know once you start out of mind i say everyone's a hypocrite but not everybody realizes it Mm. so this isn't this isn't the story about are you wrong to to involve yourself in business with a person who has committed crimes against people because we've all been doing it the whole time i don't know what who anyone has any disillusions of the fact that we're all complicit in these things i guess there's a difference between knowing it there's and doing something about it there's a difference between buying a mobile phone <clears throat> and feeling up for your your lady waitresses, but... But I know, but the thing that's annoying me about it is you're trying to make the story about that and I'm not trying to make the story about that. No, it's I know. Complicated. It's, it but is Coronation Street is making it about it as well, but I don't think that they realise that they are. That bit there, I in no way think that Dev and Jenny are thinking to themselves, I don't care about Ray raping people. I just want to sell more stuff. Mm-hmm. There's two different. There's two different stories going on. I think they're more, more separate. But maybe that's just because I don't want to be accused well, they, of being they're sim- having, sympathizing they have kind with. They've merged a- them together a little bit because Ray said in the past, like the community are against me, and and I think it's because of you know, what I've been accused of, and I've had my my good name sullied by these you know locals who think that I'm a sex pest. So, I don't know. What what do you think he's going to do next? Is he is he going to be able to convince the? The councillors or whatever, what the committee to... This is the thing, he's not going to have his hotel bill, is he? <laughs> I don't know why I keep even considering the fact that he's going to win this. But I, I'm kind of interested to see what he's going to do to try and win the favour of the people who are going to make the ultimate decision. Anyway. I've just boggled my own mind, so I'm going to be quiet. Let's go on to a nice, simple, lovely story of Batters BB Baby which um, I thought was absolutely lovely on Monday and Wednesday. And it looked like they were going to have a bit of a falling out, wasn't it, on Wednesday? But they ended the episode in a happy place <laughs> and probably been left there for another three or four months until this resurfaces again. But Toy those and two Imran. episodes, I appreciated <clears throat> it. I love Tori and Imran so much, and they are such a normal couple that sometimes it feels to me as though they have wandered onto the set of Coronation Street and they don't know that everyone else is a character apart from them. Because they, when they have arguments, they're like literally arguments that real people would have about misunderstandings about things. And then they go, well, you know what? I could go and sleep with somebody else or throw a brick through a window or go to your office and find all your confidential information and shred it or um, go to the counselling, go to your counselling notes and copy all the things and put them on Facebook. But why don't we just say that we misunderstood one another, apologise and move on with our lives? And yeah, that's, that's basically what it's happens. Lovely. It's lovely. It's like, so, you, you do, sorry, do you guys know that you're in a soap? You're supposed to, bit, you're supposed guys, to go on. crazy. Which one of you wants to take so drugs first? So going to get you the British Soap Awards. 
Imran and but Toya. But that's why I like them because they. I know. I thought they were they were this delightfully was really good. normal. This was this was a sort of low key drama that Coronation Street used to be more about about actual characters having disagreements with one another that weren't like the sort of thing you could put in the sun, but things that happen in real life. Yeah. So they're they're still. Living it and loving parenthood on uh, Monday. They got a little baby Mason over, haven't they? I see. They, they they do hope that Leanne's okay. Um, don't she, worry she about it. She gets a bit of a mention over in France. Don't worry, uh, Imran says. Stella's looking after her. Um, they don't try and ring her again at all this week. Just they? assume she's fine. <laughs> assume she's fine. Yeah. Um, so Toya has gone mad with the credit card buying a whole boot full of bits and pieces for Mason and they all have um they have a nice little happy chat outside the flat about this how so wonderful cute. it is being able to buy these little toys for their um their, their new little son. Um and meanwhile Leanne is looking on from a darkened room opposite because she is still not in France. She's no. locked herself in this flat. Uh, you said that she looked like Mrs. Danvers, didn't you? I thought that she was like um Norman Bates's mum looking down from the window. There is a definitely there very well established like Hollywood noir villainess yeah about her yeah um it, it, it looked like she was gonna come round while they were sleeping and slit the baby's throat you know? <gasps> if you, you can't, can't if i can't have a son that. then you can't nobody can you can't say but we that. didn't we didn't see her imran gets a phone call later saying that mason can go back to his mum today she's had the operation and, and he, he says oh no i mean yay good for her um she he he breaks the news to toya and she She's really struggling to um, let go of Mason, isn't she, this week? She kind of is feigning happiness. But She's so, like... heart is breaking. It, Imran and Toya are such, like, middle-classy kind of, like, oh, we're so happy for you. What fantastic news. Is this what I have to say? Um, I'm going to put something on Facebook about how great this and what a blessing it is. <laughs> <laughs> She is really, really struggling to hold it together, but at least she's got a photograph of Mason. She she Aww. wants to go out for a walk, and, and Imran's kind of feeling like um, he's being pushed away, and, and and he wants to well, go on a walk with her. But, yeah, but she's she upset, she... and he wants to comfort her, and she's like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm going for a walk, it's fine, it's fine, I'm happy for her, I'm really happy. Good yeah, for Mason. She, she wants to go and have a good old sob on Maxine's bench, doesn't she? Yeah. But, um she she can't do that if Imran's there with her. She she's trying to prove to him that she is a suitable foster parent. And she's not going to get upset. She's not going to get upset when when the child leaves her because that's what you have to deal with when uh, when you're going through this. You can't kind of just thing. keep all of the children. No, she she go she comes back later and um and, and, and apologizes and says oh, I was angry at myself later um uh, especially after what happened with Oliver and and uh, and we. we our situation isn't anywhere near as bad as Leanne's. I, I shouldn't feel so upset like this. She distracts <laughs> herself like, with a bit of tidying. I shouldn't be so upset because my sister's kid, who she's had for years, is dead. Whereas this baby we had for a day is just going home. Yeah, but can you imagine if we like had to look at her for a well, kitten for thinking. a day? Well, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I was thinking when I was watching her. I was like, Toya, you don't need to compare it. You can be sad about something. But it's not a competition. It isn't like the saddest person is the only one who gets to be upset and everyone else has to just buckle up i think when, when when characters get like this about a baby if i just replace it with kitten, kitten or that's puppy. how i empathize with them and i think if i was i had a little cute little kitten to look after on christmas day 
I'd be fitting we pretty, would have, pretty teary myself. We would definitely have a boot full of like cute presents to give the baby. We would. We'd be I off mean, down Kitten. pets at home to go and get some little fluffy mice and feathers on fishing rods and, and tiny stuff, little we? bow ties. Yeah, and a little tiny bowl with his name on it. Imran wants to still do something with Toya to, you know, to help. Um, lift her spirits at the end of Monday's episode but he, he definitely seems to be feel a bit pushed out when she's like I'm fine I'm fine honestly don't ask me any questions she finds Mabel the it's bear like, on Wednesday's oh episode no. um, this three quid bear from Tesco's that they bought Mason and she's Tesco. like uh, Fresco and she says maybe I should phone the social services I think she just wants to Report, phone them up just in case the they say oh it's you do you want to come round and give it to Mason yourself yeah or they're like oh thank god you rang he's been inconsolable since and we've lost left. your phone number <laughs> he's t- he keeps muttering Toya Imran Mabel we don't know what he means <laughs> um, so when uh, when Toya goes off to work later Imran is phoned up with another offer there's another child going spare and uh, and he says, I think we might need a bit of a breather from kids at the moment. I think it's uh, Toya. He, 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 does he say that she's struggling to get over Mason or does he just say we want what to have What do you think the woman on the end of the or... phone was like, was it all the poo? <laughs> yeah, babies are pretty <laughs> gross, like, aren't I they? I just worked this out. Do you want us to cross you off the list? It, don't, don't worry about it. They're always pooey to start with. Um, Toya decides later on that they need to have a little collection of mementos. This this is like Oliver's memory box, isn't it? This rang so many alarm bells to me when she said this. I was like, hoarder, hoarder, please do not collect giant stuffed toys for every single child that you foster. Apparently, um, they do recommend that. Not giant toys for everyone, though. Have if a you're little going, memory. Yeah, a little tiny memory thing. Like, nothing the child can choke on, but you don't need it to be the same size <laughs> as the baby. Um, so, at this point, Imran admits to her I think it's guiltily probably, that he turned down a kid earlier. It's probably me, because we've been decluttering this house. And the thought of stuff just stresses me out now. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, where are you going to put this, Toya? Where are you going to put these bloody toys? If you have a Mabel for every child, where are you going to put them? <laughs> and it also had in my mind, like, this weird, creepy room that Toya has got, like, it's, it's behind a secret bookshelf. And she opens it, and inside are row and row and row of identical Mabel bears, each with a different child's name on it. <laughs> like some kind of creepy witch. Yeah. <laughs> um, she is pretty peed off. Yeah, at- because... Imran, he says I because of turning yeah. down this at this other kid and he promises that he's going to sort it he's like I'll and, just find one I'll find one there are children everywhere which one do you want I'll get you whatever one you want and and, and he, he kind of does he doesn't sort it he, he phones them up and they're like no it's normal for people to have wobbles um, don't worry, you've not been blacklisted or anything like that, which Toya was worried about. Toya, Toya's like me, she just thinks the worst of every situation. Yeah. She's like, what if they say I'm not capable? What if they say I get overly emotionally attached and they won't ever let me have another child again in the entire world because you went and told them that I didn't like it even though I didn't tell you to say that in Rana you? But no, there wasn't, any, there wasn't any of that nastiness at the end of the episode, was there? There wasn't any like... We're gonna have I'll never to have... speak to you again about this. There was none of that. It's like, oh, I, I, I think we're going to have to split you. up now. We they, have to they live in separate that houses. They're going to be a team together, which I thought was lovely. Um, and, and that was the end of that She's little like, story. She's like, maybe we should both communicate better and I'll let you know how I'm feeling and I won't shut you out and you won't phone up the social services and say that I'm a lunatic. How about that? <laughs> I, did you, I, I thought it was really quite in character for, yeah, for uh, Toya sorry, to... Um, 
acting this way because we did see her totally getting the baby rabies over Susie and the whole, you know, um, IVF story from I just want to know where this ago. is. Is this going <clears> to... <throat> so it was sad in a way that, that Toya was being made to look a little bit unhinged, but I think maybe if she hadn't, it would have been true to the character. And it's a shame. And I, and I, I hope that... I'd love it if she and Imran do end up having a, a lovely little cute child together. Um, well, this is the thing that uh, Coronation Street is no stranger to fostering. They've had many characters that have fostered children throughout the years. Yes. And it wasn't just, you know, it's been very quite a, quite a lot of different high profile characters. Oh, yeah, Rita, Rita and Len fostered. Um, Hayley and Roy, Roy Becky. Um, and obviously um, Anna and Owen have got yeah. Faye. Yeah, so it's a well-established thing that they do on Corrie. What isn't well-established on Corrie is fostering many different children. It seems as though on Corrie you get one and you keep it. Oh, I don't is... know, I don't know, they did go through a few. I mean, Ryan Haley had um, Wayne and Fizz, at least, and I'm sure there were one or two more. I suppose... Um, Rita, Rita and Len had, but, but whether I, I can't remember whether they had two or whether Sharon and Jenny are the, just the main ones that you remember. But what I'm trying to say is, I think it would be nice if Toya and Imran they use this as a sort of way to introduce a sort of a nice big range of different children. I think this could be a really interesting thing. Do you do you see what I'm saying when I say yeah, yeah. that it feels as though? The fostering on Corrie focuses on one or two children and that's it. Whereas actually if you're a foster if you're a foster parent, you can have dozens of children throughout your life as yeah, a foster that, that'd parent. Yeah, that'd be taking it in a different route. That's than what Corrie I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. And I thought, also to. think it's a different experience of fostering. I'm not going to say it's the only, you know, it's a bit more, more realistic because I don't actually know whether what what the average number of foster children a foster parent has. Mm. But it would be a really interesting way of adding a bit of drama to the show that's a bit different. There's no end of things that can happen with these children. I'm, I'm sure they could get a few coincidentally related to somebody on the street kids, you know. R. Kelly, hello. Well, I don't want R. Kelly to be involved in this. And um, different, ba- you know, babies or... Um, no, no, I think oh, it can be... be, and it can also be like you know. Imagine if they had some somebody like Sam, or like a girl version of Sam. That'd be re- <laughs> pretty funny. A girlfriend for Sam. Well, no, not. <laughs> well, it could be. But remember when um, Derek and Mavis and what's his face Victor Penderbury brought his wife around, and it was yeah, like, and she was exactly like Mavis. It'd yeah. be just funny if they had a little girl and she was exactly like Sam. That would be quite funny. But. You know, like, when a character says, I think I'm going to try internet dating, and you know there's going to be at least two scenes with them with hilariously inappropriate dates. Yeah. Could be kind of like that, where a few of them are kind of more comic kind of things. Or, like, you know, a kid who's 17 17 years old in 360 days and is just waiting to get the hell out of there because they're actually an internet entrepreneur and they've got their own T-shirt business and they don't actually need a parent. I just think that, sadly, in order for that to happen, they, they need to want to invest in Toya and Imran as characters. I don't know which... why they don't, because they have had no end of proof that they, these two characters are worth investing in, yeah. and also the actors are talented, and they can rise to the occasion. And They've been so good this week, both both, both, both actors in uh, in question. And uh, the other thing I was going to say with, with your idea about having lots of different children as well, it would lead to some lovely character development for Toya, because she's obviously still in a very um, 
a vulnerable place at the moment and not being able to let go. And there's the question about is she suitable for it? It'd be lovely no, if I throughout this. It would be it would be lovely if throughout this she became, you know, the best damn foster mum that Coronation Street has ever seen. Wouldn't that be nice? Mm. And it and it also is nice to Coronation Street's not very good with childless women. Is it? If you're a childless woman on Coronation Street, you're almost immediately going to have a pregnancy scare and then not have not keep the baby and then cry about the fact that you don't have any children. Mm. Just like um, Erica and Carla, Carla have done in yeah, the past. Yeah. Um, if you're a childless woman and you want children and you watch Corrie and you see Toya going through this experience, I think it would be nice and uplifting to see. Yeah. There, there, there is... Huge, huge potential with this, honestly, I think. But it doesn't mean I think that they're going to go with it, unfortunately. They'd be stupid not to. It, it still seems like it's a bit of a byproduct of the Ollie story. And isn't it tragic how they're it having all still, these happy yeah. times, whereas Leanne's it's... locked herself in the flat. By the way, should we be worried about her by this point? Because we haven't seen her since Wednesday now. It where is she like looked this like is... she was unhinged. Who knows what she's going to be like by next week. It is like this is still about Leanne. Yeah. So Leanne's the older sister, isn't she? Yes. Can you imagine being Toya and living your whole life in Leanne's shadow? And even when you get a foster child, it's still about Leanne <laughs> and about her feelings. Hopefully. No wonder she became. No wonder Toya became a counsellor. She's like, I need to work some stuff out, and I might as well get paid for it while I'm doing it. <laughs> Hopefully, Leanne will sort things out with Nick, learn to love Sam, and then be accepting. And of... maybe open the curtains a bit more. Yeah. Right, um, let, let's, let's do there's these no other way, stories. Let's there's no way off. that I could do what, what Leanne is doing and hide out in the flat with nobody knowing. People would be like, I thought that flat was empty. That's the second time this the, the Papa John's guy's been there today. Leanne has gone under self-imposed lockdown. <laughs> Weatherfield is She's still isolating. in tier one. And um, Leanne has decided, no, yeah. I'm going to, in, uh, in solidarity with the rest of the country, going to lock myself up in this flat. Yeah. Not going to see anybody. Right, David and Shona, they had um, they they finished off their Christmas jollities on Monday, didn't they? Oh, am I doing this? I think this is your story. <clears throat> um, they're back together, and Shona wants to go. Basically, Shona's trying to run before she can walk. She's like, everything's back to normal now. Why don't I get my job back at the cafe? If I can get, uh, if I can maintain my my marriage, why can't I do my job? So she goes back, and Roy's like, okay, why don't you wipe the tables down? Um, and David comes to pick her up and she has been having troubles. She's been a little bit blunt with some of the customers and she thinks she's done a really good job. And Roy's like, why don't we... Let's take it slow, show. Why don't you not come back tomorrow? Why don't you come back next week or something or later and later time? Why not? Why not? Do you know 22 sounds like a good number? 2022, (laughs) let's say then. So, yeah, it doesn't seem to have gone as well as she thinks it does. She doesn't care. She tells David that she wants to have a honeymoon and they should go to a nice posh hotel and maybe have sex. They, they, they don't, don't need we... to go to a hotel she says, for actually, that. She just leads them off to the annex. Let's just she? go. Let's just go do it now. The sex annex. And, um Yeah, so uh, happy times for them on Monday. All back to normal. Do you think is, uh, is Shona ready for Nookie now? I mean, she's still got the mentality of a, of a teenager, know. a young child, which was David's sticking point before. I think... I think Shona's proven that she's not just, a, you know, her. she's just a bit confused about some things. 
I wonder whether that reenactment, the wedding reenactment last week, would have made David kind of see her as his wife, a, a woman now. You know, you know, man I was, and wife. You know, I found the whole thing really gross. The idea that she was, uh, you know, mentally much younger than she is physically, and I thought it was a bit predatory. Yeah, but now. Uh, I don't know what it is. It, I think it's because of the, the wedding things and the way that she's opened up a bit more. And I think I understand a bit better about what it is that she's struggling with now. I think that they're writing her slightly differently as well. It feels more appropriate now than it had done before. What do you think? It it didn't, it feel, didn't feel weird. Wrong. It didn't feel wrong and weird when, when she led him away to the annex and then didn't bring him out for the rest of the week. They're obviously having a jolly good time in there. <laughs> Well, before it, it kind of felt a bit like she was, you know, like, oh, I heard this is what grown-ups do with each other. Yeah. And now it felt a bit more like she was saying, you know, this is our relationship and this is how I want it to be. Yeah. It, it, seemed, it seemed fine. Um, just, I, don't, I don't know whether the Simon angle is still going to come back and raise its, its ugly head because it was nice but a little bit weird, their friendship. And was it only yeah, so that they could get locked in the bistro together? I don't know. Let's that hope seems, so. Yeah, I, I don't need to say anymore. Let's talk about really. Arthur. Yeah, giving Arthur a chance. So he turns up on the cafe on Wednesday with a late Christmas present for Evelyn. Seems like he's still feeling pretty bad with himself about lying to Evelyn all this time about having a, a wife in the hospital. Um, and, and Roy has a chat with him for a bit or, or listens to all his woes. And then when Evelyn comes into the cafe, she later on, she just wants to get away. He's, he tries to give her this present which she she takes but it's like oh I don't, I don't want it. she kind of sneaks it into her bag later doesn't she she she's not willing to she's let to him see that that she's interested in him at all because he um he caught her off guard she opened up to him and he you know, betrayed her yeah it, it feels to her like she's been publicly embarrassed yeah. By this, even though she would never have agreed to do any of the stuff that she did with him if he she knew that he had a wife that was alive. Whether or not she is aware of who Arthur is is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's a book. What's the book? Age, Age of, of Innocence. Innocence. So uh, she she clearly is reading it, and um, yeah, she she's she's not giving up on him. So there's there's a ray of hope there for those Arthur and Evelyn fans out there which i do believe there are quite a few of so i guess uh watch this space with that um and then finally we also had steve deciding um let's have another one of those was it comedy Age of innocence yeah i think so i think it was it's a movie is it based on a book oh or something like that um, oh yeah it's based on a book yeah Steve decides, <laughs> let's have one of those Corrie keep fit stories that they like to bring out once a year it or wasn't so. wasn't about we all keeping have fit, though. Jog- jogging times. It, it wasn't. Was, but... it's, it, Steve wants to do a marathon in Ollie's name, and he's like, Tim, help me. And Tim's like, sounds like a laugh. And then he realises that actually this involves physical effort. And, and dressing up in dinosaur costumes. Again, the, prop, the, um, the wardrobe department seems to be bored. Or somebody has like stocks in just for fun or something because they for some reason have to involve dressing up where it is not needed really wasn't so they go they go to the toilet together to get changed and (laughs) jenny's like i'm not gonna even ask what you're doing (laughs) and they both have dinosaur costumes and they go for a jog and they they're talking about um 
Being how friends. much Oliver liked dinosaurs, and I was like, it's not as cool as space, though, is it? You know, Sam likes space. Dinosaurs are dead. I think that they should have uh, dressed up as red vans. Oliver's other favourite Yeah, thing. well, I don't think they could have kept the speed up. <laughs> yeah, so th- this was actually a really nice touching scene where they both oh, sit in the park nice. together. This was one of the rare moments when Corrie gets friendships right. And it's always... They always seem to do the men friendships better because I think it's more unexpected for a man to be open emotionally with another man. And so when it happens, it feels more significant and they therefore you get more dramatic um, reward out of doing it. You know, when two women open up to one another, it doesn't feel as significant a moment as it does. But, you know, Steve's had quite a fair few number of, you know, heart-to-hearts with people throughout the years. And this was another really nice one because Tim's like, are you all right, mate? And he's like, no, I'm not really, honestly, but it's fine. How are you? And Tim's like, well, you know, yeah, my dad's dead as well. So, mm, bummer, innit? And they both kind of bond over how crap they've you know what a crap time they've had yeah, together but at least they've got each other and they have each other and this was really sweet and nice i really liked this yeah i thought i thought that was nice and i thought I, that, i'm not um, i'm not thrilled with the idea of another exercise story because I, it does seem only five minutes since imran and craig were doing their jogging around last summer and then uh, yeah i know we've but... had tim do you remember was it tim dev and steve are they doing their keep fit who's gonna yeah. get their heart rate He's lowest a few years ago first. and and, and yeah, I know, but don't forget that, you know, people in general, you're doing the same thing you did with the um, sexual assault thing. Where you're like, I don't experience this in my life. So this is happening far exercise, more often. Exercise, what's that? That's what you're acting like. People exercise sometimes more than once a year. What? Mm. Well, I hope that uh, Tim takes it easy because he has had a heart attack well, recently. Well, he needs to exercise then. Yeah. I okay. like this. I thought it was good. I, I, I enjoyed, and also I thought that they're writing really well for Steve um, and Simon Gregson played it really well because he still kept that humorous edge to Steve's character but he still, you can tell, but he's struggling and he's talking about how he's trying to process his grief and channel it into a really productive thing which is to do this marathon whereas whereas Leanne's just like I will stand in my house and watch I mean, people if Leanne didn't move from that window all week she would have seen Steve jogging around just I know, she the time probably saw his rags and it's like don't you care about my job come running down the come running down burst through the door and go why are you mocking our son and then <laughs> his it was favorite like, dinosaur is a stegosaur you got it wrong monster. how could you and everyone's like, why aren't you in France? And she Leanne goes, uh-oh. Is, Leanne definitely thinks that she's got the monopoly on grieving. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, anyone else who, who isn't to the dressing in black it, sort of 24 hours a day it, is just doesn't care and is actually quite pleased that Ollie's dead. So I'm surprised that she didn't come down and, and tear his job on yeah. Steve. But anyway... Um, what are we saying for this week? What's our overall thoughts? And I kind of started off more and more of a downer, but... You know, got more into it as the less important stories progressed. I know. I I'm was just, really. I'm I know. I was not... really, really mean about Carla and Peter earlier, and I know that people are going to be mad at me about it. It feel. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it feels like we've seen it before, but that's because that's what those characters are like. And I guess if you're a fan of those characters, you must be a fan of those scenes, and you must sort of get something out of watching. Them. Continuously having the same conversation, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm not, not into the Who Done It, and I, and I haven't been since oh, the am. start. Um, I, I wasn't fussed by. I love dilemmas as well because now Gary's got a proper dilemma on his hands, isn't he? Yeah, 
I, I just think on the whole, this week when I was watching it, I wasn't as gripped as maybe I would want so to be. So what are you going to give it then? There was, there, was, there was some nice scenes on some of the smaller stories. I'll, I'll probably this. Do you ever get it three and a half last week? I think I might give it three and a half again this week. Three and a half. Um, three and a half whiskey priests out of five. What's a whiskey priest? That's what, uh, isn't that what Peter says that he I was going to be? But what does that mean? I don't know. It's not the same as a risky priest, which is, is it like the... don't lock the church doors before you start molesting the choir boys. <laughs> I'm not affiliated with this podcast. What are you giving it this week? I'm going to give it three and a half jogging dinosaurs. You give it three and a half as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it I was thought, decent. I thought you liked it more than that. No, you know, it's not a four out of five. It's It was okay. a decently enjoyable week of Coronation Street, but I had to, I had to knock a mark off, half a mark for... Carla and Peter both acting like they're victims of their own life and choices. Mm. Um, who are we giving character of the week to? Good question. Really who given, is it going to be? This is one of those weeks where I've not given any thought to this until we actually get to it. So there's going to be a lot of umming and erring for me. Um, Maybe... Could it be Toya or Imran because they were really cute? I did enjoy them. Equally, I'm thinking it could be Todd again because I was, Ooh, I was yeah, enjoying Todd. all his, his scheming. Um, yeah, but yeah. But it also, it's nobody, Tim, Tim was quite good this week as well. It's nobody in, in the, the I don't think Who it Done is. It story. Everyone's just vile to each other in the Who Done It story. I don't think they are. I just, I really did love Sarah going, <laughs> Gary's in prison. <laughs> There's just, there, there aren't too many likeable characters in that, sadly. And and I don't know if they're supposed to be or not. Um, okay, let's go with... Oh no, I can't decide. I'm going to give it to Toya because I thought it was really cute. Aww. And I really liked how refreshingly I did love sensible that story their, their arguments are because like normally when people have an argument you're like oh god you're so out of order I can't believe how much of a drama you're making out of nothing whereas this was like I can totally see why you both thought this and you both have this argument and then you resolved it in a sensible manner congratulations you're the best couple on the street and and um yeah I want to give it to Toya because obviously she's had such a struggle with wanting a child and then she had one and you know and she was so so lovely that she kind of gave you know gave it away and then got mad at herself for being upset when it's like because of leanne and it's like no toya you're allowed to be sad it's not all about leanne all the time um oh gosh i can't decide i i don't i don't it feels like I don't don't see, think we saw enough of them, but then I'm also thinking maybe Todd, but then we didn't see an awful lot of him as well. Well, either, think about the fact that this and week fact... has got eight stories in it, and you didn't like the main one. But then I suppose there was Ken. He was also pretty good this week, but he's not had a whole lot to do. Well, don't forget, I told you about that. I've forgotten the name of the actress who won an Oscar for Best Supporting oh, yeah. Actress for being in a movie for six minutes. Go on, then. Go on. I'll give it to Toya. I did just... I, I did love everything about those scenes and I do like I do like Toya and Imran and I do like Charlie and this and is Georgia. our podcast and our character of the week and we let people write their f- in the feedback and tell us what their character and it feels week. like it's been a very long time if ever since she got a character of the week yeah and um yeah yeah so there we go three and a half and Toya from both of us and that'll do for that so um I think we had better pause this for now and get on with some news I think we probably should 
Hello and welcome to the cabin. We've got a couple of really sad bits of news to start off that with. That is sad news this week. There's happy yeah. news later. There's but happy it's... news later, but we're starting with the sad news, and that is that two Corrie legends have passed away in the last week. Yeah, Mark um, Eden. Mark Eden was one that just died today, didn't he? He died as on the first of January, and Adele Rose um, died earlier this week. Yeah, um, she was a writer. On Corrie, um, Mark Eden is very famous for being Alan Bradley in the show. I thought that Wally Randall is an uh, <laughs> underappreciated role that he played on Corrie in 1981, I have to say. <laughs> Obviously, Alan Bradley was the role that he made famous and um, oh, the total Corrie legend. Yeah, he was in um, 221 episodes as Alan Bradley. Which and we've just been watching recently. I know, as well, it feels we? very recent to me because we've been watching the 80s episodes and he was in, in the show between 1986 and 1989 yeah, as he, Alan Bradley. he really dominated for the, you know, three, three months or so that we spent watching those episodes on the DVDs. Yeah. And then uh, to hear this news today is just kind of, yeah, makes it even more shocking, really. And he'd been in the show in uh, between March and April 1981 as Wally Randall, for ten episodes, he was a lorry driver who's a friend of Elsie's, and um, she yeah, makes she a made... pass at him. Yeah. He was very irresistible. Was he just uh, Mark to be Eden? Friends. So so irresistible. I think, we, I think we must have seen an episode with him in that role as well on Mate, our, on I our think DVD so, yeah. journey. There's quite a few old. I mean, there's quite a few actors who uh, joined before they went on to be you know bigger roles, didn't they? Like um, yeah, Bill lots of people had example. a few cracks at it before they got a bigger role. Yeah, um, Alan Bradley is the role that he's remembered for, and he he really is like the the proto Corey big villain. Corey villain, yeah. isn't he? He really will always be remembered as Corey's big f- first big bad. Yeah, there were baddies before then. We but... had a few like quite sinister baddies, like Joe Donnelly really doesn't get enough credit for the fact that he killed somebody like a major character and then killed himself right before Christmas. Christmas. I know. But um Alan Bradley kind of like is the benchmark, isn't he, against mm. which other Corrie villains are are measured. And he was also um involved in a kind of um domestic abuse uh story with Rita that wasn't really understood to be as such at the time because people didn't really talk about it in the same way they, they do mm. now. But um, he was definitely an abusive partner. Well, yeah, I mean, when you when you have them on the sofa and you got tried a pillow to, over there, literally their face, tried then. to kill Rita, and then um, Jenny, who, who Jenny Bradley at the time, who was his daughter, was like, mm, "Well, it was just misunderstood. <laughs> it, it was just a, a one of those things." Yeah, Jenny's reaction was um, was quite interesting, wasn't it? We we watched her trying to defend yeah her dad against really the accusations of She's everyone like, else. Oh, he's not that bad, everyone. Yeah, trying so, to. Get him to give him his passport, wouldn't she? So to get him out of the country. Yes, his, uh, his most famous scene was obviously the, the tram smashing into him scene in Blackpool in 1989. He will, he will forever live on in clip shows of Coronation Street <laughs> shocking moments. <laughs> I, I, it makes me wonder, like which which clips have been shown the most of Coronation Probably Street over the years. Probably that's one of the big ones. That's one of them. Ian yeah. Shaffle's talking about um, um, breaking, breaking wind, wind and dying. dying. <laughs> yeah, that's there, and, uh, and we saw it. Didn't we? we went up to uh, Blackpool. We just went there last. Yeah, we uh, did year, in, in tribute. Fact. Yeah, and saw his plaque that he's got there. Yeah, and we also saw Mark Eden at the Soap Awards, mm. and he arrived with his wife Sue Nichols, who plays oh, yes, Audrey. We, didn't, we haven't mentioned that. So yet. yeah, he's um, he yeah. They married, married in nineteen ninety three, and um, he had a daughter Polly, a stepson Saul, and a granddaughter Emma. Mm. So. Um, 
he's been living with Alzheimer's for some time and he was hospitalised in November, but he's died at the age of 92, so really sad news and we're thinking of him and his family and his colleagues because, um, you know, he was fantastic in Coronation Street. Yeah, and, and, and being married to Sue Nichols, still yeah. very much part of the Coronation Street family oh, as definitely. well. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, and also Adele Rose, like you said earlier, um, a hugely important Coronation Street strip script writer, the the longest running Cory script writer, serving from 1961 right up to 1998, and the the second most prolific in terms of number of scripts that she um that she wrote as well. There was uh, 457 episodes of Coronation yes. Street, and I remember seeing that's, her. I mean, that's like one twentieth, roughly. Of the Coronation Street episodes that were written crazy. by her, when you think about it like that. And she like... retired in 98 as well. Um, yeah. I, I remember seeing her name in the credits, and that was one of the things I was really happy about. Um, and I think that she would be happy that I was happy about it, because she originally um, got her job because she saw that so, so many women were in the early episodes, and she thought, well, why don't they have a female scriptwriter? Mm. So she um, knew Harry Kershaw because she'd worked with Granada previously, and, and he said, well, we'll send her in script then. So she did, and she'd been working on it ever since then. And, yeah, and it episode, really is episode 40 was her first one. Really important to get uh, a woman's voice in the show when the, the show relies so much on the talents of women in front of the camera, you know. Then yeah. We need some women behind it. And she recognised that really early on. And it's a bit of a um, a trailblazer, I think. Yeah, for... she was really great at writing women as well, wasn't she? I mean, well, I think her most one. famous <laughs> her most famous episode, I would say, was that high noon episode from um, was that? I can't remember what year that was, but the the, the confrontation between Elsie and Ina in the street. When we've we've literally got a picture from that scene yeah. up on our lounge wall right next to us at the moment. That was that was an incredible episode. That was one of my favourite of the decade. Um, and it was one that had to be hastily rewritten at the last minute as well because of um, the equity strike just about to start, I think. Gosh. It also also sometimes forgotten about that episode, the drama with Annie's broken plate at the Rovers, which... That's um, very important to remember One of the barmaids breaks it, doesn't she? And then And she Jack... thinks it's Jack. And yeah, she's like, she Jack, gets... Jack, and really annoyed. And then when it was revealed that it was somebody other than Jack, she's like, don't worry, dear. Yeah. It's only a plate. Yeah, really, really classic <laughs> episode. But I mean, I looked through Corribedia at some of the other that we'd watched that she'd written and there there were some other really quite famous ones in there as well there were some weddings like Alfa Rini's wedding um uh, I think the, the one Mer- where Peter and Susan are stuck in the factory and the, they're oh, yeah, starting yeah, yeah, to yeah. knock it down that was really um scary and th- there was a two-hander of well it was kind of a proto two-hander mm. because she wrote an episode where the entire second half of it was Elsie and Len just talking and that was really dramatic that was a fantastic this was after Elsie returned after having left Steve yeah and um there was always that that sexual tension between Elsie and and mm. Len and that was really uh, well writing done. for them must have been really great fun the Mallorca episode yeah the Mallorca episode now that was amazing as well that was like their first big you know excursion episode and mm. it was such a treat to watch it yeah, there was um, there was Fred cheating at the Rovers' weigh-in when he had the the coins oh, in his pocket yeah. was a great one. Um, the Bet and Alec, we just watched some of this recently, where they go to the Americanized pub when Alec's yeah. trying to persuade Bet that this is what the Rovers could be, and he yeah. has a bit of a different reaction to what she's expecting. Little Tracy everywhere. disappearing off to Newcastle to see Susan and and uh, Deirdre's worry there. 
Uh, another really, really famous one was the confrontation between Bet and Rita back in 95 when Bet wanted some money to, to buy the Rovers when it looked like she was not going to be able to afford to keep it on. And it obviously led to her leaving because Rita didn't give her the money. But there was a fantastic showdown between them and the, the pals, pals, line which uh, Bet fires back at Rita um, is a, a really legendary Coronation Street line and scene there. Um, she also, I mean, if you if you think about how long her career was, she started off writing for Minnie, Ina, and Elsie, and she she also wrote Haley's first episode. Mm. So that gives you an idea of the breadth the, of her career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it must have been fascinating from her perspective to see the writing style and you know the the way it was done change over the years yeah. I mean she was I think she was fired by Brian Park when he came in in, in 97 so I think it was a bit of a out with the old and Weeps. in with the new um so a bit of a sad, sad ending really but um she does leave a, a legacy of really great Coronation <laughs> Street Park episodes really and got scenes so and... much to answer what doesn't he? He does. He well, does. well, what can you say? He, she was also a bridesmaid to Pat Phoenix and Alan Brown, Browning when they got married in 1972. And Alan Brown, Browning was Alan. What's the face? Alan was, Howard. That's it. He yeah. was so so. Um, he was introduced to play um, Elsie's partner, and then I think Pat had Pat Phoenix had a, a bit to do with the casting here. Yeah, she wanted. And to she choose, was like, she oh, wanted to cast okay, because I she liked the look of him. Like this, this guy <laughs> so yeah, she yeah, was so. Bride, she was a bridesmaid in like one of the most cory weddings of all time <laughs> well there's another wedding mavis and derek's wedding she also wrote as well the, the one where they actually got married not the jilting <laughs> wedding um and she i think one of her last contributions to coronation street was the uh right was the viva las vegas spin-off coming up with the idea of that um which i, I think um in in like, the itv3 episodes jack and vera have just gone off to viva las vegas so some of some of the Cory viewers of that may have sought out the Viva Las Vegas episode to watch just recently. I, I didn't. Um, but she also created Biker Grove. Well, that's obviously wrote... sort of quite famous for creating and writing the first I three years of Biker Grove, I think. how famous Biker Grove is outside of the UK. I wouldn't be surprised if nobody had heard of it. But it was a, um, a school drama, wasn't it, about youths. And it's probably responsible for Ant and Deck. Oh, definitely responsible for Ant and well, Deck. I think and they, a few others, I think actually. they might have been famous... Without, you know, I always think that when people say, oh, this, this show made so-and-so, I always think, I don't know, these people are quite tenacious and they often try to get themselves in multiple things, don't mm. they? Like yeah. how Mel B used to be in Coronation Street for that one episode. She, she was desperate for fame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Mel B, should we go on to our next um, yeah. news item then, which is, I found this fascinating, obviously, as a not-so-closeted Spice Girls fan, that Mel B has been consulted over the coercive control story because uh-huh. she was in an abusive relationship. Yeah. Melanie B apparently still suffers PTSD from all the emotional abuse that he put her through and she kind of suggested ideas. And, and so, uh, it seems to me that it, from, from what she said, it was what happens to Yasmin next that she's been particularly That's involved really interesting. With, she's a patron of Women's Aid. Um, yeah. And so that's probably how she came into contact with Coronation Street about... Uh, she, she, I think she was a representative of Women's Aid, wasn't she? I think yeah. that's how I kind of see it. And um, that's one of the charities that we've donated our Patreon money from December towards. So yes. very proud to be able to do that on behalf of the listeners of the show. Um, so she said that she met... She just met up with them and talked them through what it's like... What, what it's like to live through coercive control. 
Yeah, she says, um, I, I wondered whether you were, you were going to just stop me from reading out this quote there, just in case I tried to do my Mel B voice doing don't it. And do I don't know whether I'd do my actual Mel no. B voice on my post Alexa Don't Mel do B. any She voices. says, it means a lot to me. What Yasmin goes through in this show is true to life because we know that because of this storyline, lots of people living with abuse have reached out to get help. I like to think I help shape the scripts. Women's Aid told me that they'd be focusing on what life was like after an abusive relationship and asked if I could help tell the script writers what happened to me and what it's like now even years after the abuse i jumped at the chance because i knew this subject which has been ignored by so many for so long uh, would reach a huge audience through coronation street so she she has said um i haven't got this quote here but i read that she said that she still has flashbacks and things God. about it which is why i wonder whether her saying that is what has led to yeah. jeff still making these sporadic appearances, appearances on, on coronation That's street really since awful. his death it's so i'm i'm really proud of her to come forward as somebody who is an advocate she i mean it it was definitely a product of pop music and a marketing gimmick to the girl power stuff but you know she's always Thanks. been an advocate for female <laughs> empowerment so for her to come forward and say i you know even i suffered from this abuse it's not you it's not your fault no, and and it ties in with what we were saying, what we've said in the past, and what Shelley has said about you never know. It, there's not a particular person that no. abusers like Jeff um, go out for, and it could well be somebody who is very, um, very forthright and very confident and yeah. very bullshit. So and it was so like insidious. Like obviously was, um, and and they think that they can uh, take the power from these powerful women. Um, yeah, so I, I did. I found that fascinating that that she's been involved in that, and it's also fascinating that we are going to see, I guess, a bit more of uh, the story. It's, it's not over yet. So I suppose what we is what we're getting from this. Is she next on the list of people to interview for the podcast? Oh yes. Oh yeah. I'll get Mel B on the podcast. Hi yeah, Mel, <laughs> big fan. Um, next bit of news. This is the best bit of news of the week. Sally Dinover has been named in the New Year's Honours list, hasn't she? She's Hooray! only going to be an MBE. I don't know what that is. It, oh, I looked at it. It's not just member of the British member. Empire. It's oh. member of the... Oh, no, I can't remember. Oh. The, the M... What's the difference between an OBE and an MBE? I think OBE is the next stage up. Do you have to have an MBE before you can get an OBE or do you just... I don't think necessarily. I think MBE... We... Yeah, it, it, um, so she she's going to be... I don't, I don't even know, does that make you a dame if you have an I don't MBE? I think so. Is it? Right. Uh, right, Gemma's, Gemma's <laughs> on her number one source of uh, of news, That's which is BBC. the children's BBC website. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what does the CBBC? You get it twice a year, right? And it is... I've not got it once. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah, so you can get knights and dames, so that's a separate one, and then the Order of the British Empire... Is another one. I don't know. <laughs> Too complicated CBE, for you, the listen, CBBC. Shush. Site. CBE is Commander of the Order of the British Empire. It sounds so, sounds so Star Warsy. <laughs> I can just, I can imagine her on a boat or something sailing yeah, out towards with the like sunset a big to seek out the new world. Going, don't worry, I'll find something <laughs> like potatoes. Um, oh, it, so OBE is Officer of the Order of the British Empire. Okay, and MBE, which is what Sally has got is member of the order of the british empire <laughs> I don't know. so she's not an officer she's just a member of it so 
Uh, Maybe she's got to work her way up. But, you know, if, if Sally Denver is anything like Sally Metcalf, then what I'm can sure I that get? She, this has just inspired her more to, I want to keep one. on going up and up and up. And it was interesting that when I was just speaking to her a few weeks ago, she was saying, oh, well, Sally's been mayor of Weatherfield. I wonder what's next for her or prime minister or whatever. And I wonder how long... I mean, but you know quite far in advance, don't you? Because it yeah, wasn't, she must um, have known when she spoke to me a few didn't, weeks ago. Um, what's her face? People have turned them down. What's her face? Who plays Evelyn? Maureen Lipman. You know, I, you know can you stop face? making fun of I'm me? I'm not. Right. She had some kind of honours, didn't she? And she said she knew months in advance and she told her dressmaker or something. Oh, yeah, I think you might I don't right. remember what it was for. Yeah, no, I don't remember. But yeah, very exciting stuff. Congratulations, Sally Deliver. Um, really deserved. I, I, I'm sure often, Mike Lavelle is just waiting by the phone now. Well, I've been going through... As you know, I go through the Choropedia, what happened on what day. And every single time I get to the bit where it says, on this day, so-and-so was awarded an MBE or OBE or whatever, I always think, when are we going to get another one for Coronation Street? It feels like it's been quite a long time. It really does. It? it really does. I, I think... can't remember I can't remember off the top of my list who has got things, but I know like Violet Carson got one. Yeah, loads, loads of the old and... school stars got, because I think the Queen watched Corey back in the day, and she's like, oh yes, I, well, I'd like to uh, meet Tina Sharple. She obviously listens to the podcast, and when she heard the interview the other week, she was like, oh yeah, that's Sally seems oh, like yeah, a lovely Oh yeah, she's alright, put her on the list. <laughs> well look, Queenie, can I please have one? I don't know what for. I promise I'll be good. Well, I think Sally's is for services to drama, so. Well, I, what about services to podcasting? Don't know whether anyone's got one of those yet, but there's always next year. Yeah, it will be some stupid celebrity who just started one up and got <laughs> gets millions of pounds worth of sponsorship and advertising for nothing. I don't do it for the order of the British I Empire, do it. Honest. I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the kudos and getting net letters after my name. I've always wanted letters after my name. You've got your BA ons. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> anyway... I, I I thought that was fantastic news when that came. That was just so. Was it yesterday? The day before yesterday? I think that came out. So that was. That was I'm fantastic. so proud of her. I can't wait to see what she wears. Oh yeah. She's gonna wear a nice hat. Yeah. That's the best thing about it. You get to wear a hat <laughs> for a legitimate reason. Um, also, final final bit of news this week, and, and I'm I'm not going to talk about this every single time it happens. But I know a lot of you are still playing the Coronation Street Words and Design app that I've been banging on about a bit recently. But they have just um, put another update out for that, and it's a Christmassy update. It's maybe come a little bit late, what with it being after Christmas. But um, you can now earn little Christmas hats by playing the game, <laughs> and if you burn enough Christmassy hats then it puts Christmas-themed decorations in Ken's house and the Rovers. So I've been working hard and I've got a little Christmas tree for number one and, then, and a Christmas tree ornament for Ken's table. But uh, it seems that you have to be have to play an awful lot to and be able to get to the be... top prize of a wreath for Above the Rovers Fire, which is like 450 Christmas hats worthy of. And you, you get these hats in the same way as you get the other but stars, which is just solving the word puzzles. Or is it? does it not seem more difficult... Like, the crosswords seem I've, bigger. It seemed to me that the crosswords are bigger. I, I didn't know whether I was just making that up, but the fact that you said it. Uh, anyway, um, it, the event runs for three weeks or so, so if you're desperately right want to get your rovers and number one looking all festive in the middle of January, no, nothing, now you can do it. There's no greater feeling of festivity that, that, that one gets... In January, <laughs> I'm glad that they've uh, they've done this because it shows that they're willing to uh, commit to doing themed events 
Uh, I, so I maybe just look think, out for things around, me, around this made uh, me think, Valentine's Day and Easter, I guess. This made me think they went, oh, we've made this Christmas update. It was too late to put it on. And someone else said, do you think anyone's going to be playing this game in a year? Put it on now. <laughs> it does feel to me like the whole launch of this was put back a little bit later. The fact that it wasn't ready for the 60th anniversary week and it came out a week after just yeah it makes it look like... They, they had to delay it a bit, in, yeah, including this, because it would have made more sense to have done a New Year's update. But never mind, I'm still enjoying it. Although I have hit a brick wall in the, the main game of it because I've run out of tasks to do. I'm halfway through um, redecorating Ken's desk, uh, guest bedroom and he says he ain't got anything left for me to do. So I suppose in a way, if I want to carry on playing it, because I'm still somewhat addicted to it, at least I've got something that I can earn from it. I just don't know whether after the three weeks is up, whether all your Christmas decorations disappear. So if you've been working three weeks to get a Christmas wreath, you get your 450 Christmas hats, maybe you get it at the last minute and you proudly get to display it in the Rovers for 30 seconds. It's like, app update, all gone. I don't know. Who knows? Let's try we'll not to spend more time talking about this than we did about Sally Domina getting an MBE. Oh, this is, this, is, um, this is pertinent to me. I can relate to this more. Finally, then, Gemma, and this isn't news, but this is something we like to do on the Where podcast. There should be a there should be a tab. Have you closed it down? I haven't closed any tabs. Uh, yes, you have. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> <laughs> every every beginning of January, end of December, um, we like to have a look at who were the Coronation Street actors who made the most appearances in Ooh. the show in the previous year. And obviously, we've had fewer episodes yes. to deal with this year. But with well, I'll pandemic. just tell you. But um, that. Um, Are you spoiling it for me already? Michael, can you let me say what I want to say, please? Yes. The person who was in the most number of episodes was only in 116 episodes. And normally that would be, like, you know, down in the... Yeah, I guess so. In the, in the very low amounts. Yeah. So that, I thought that was interesting. That's an interesting that? fact. Thank you very much. So um, I, I have it on good authority, because I was talking to somebody about this this morning, that this is an easy top ten to guess. And they guessed it with, 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 just by thinking about it the other day. So I'm just going to be very ashamed of myself if I can't place who's going to be in the top ten. But, you know, I'm on the spot. I'm under pressure, so... Well, when you're under pressure, your brain doesn't work very well. At least mine doesn't, because I can't remember anyone's bloody name. Okay, well, I'm going to... I do actually... I think I know who's at number one, because I think I saw this, like, um, a month or two ago, and I assume it hasn't changed much since then. But um, Jeff, is he there at number yes. one? Jeff so... is the one that's been in 116 episodes. Okay, And interestingly, um, his running total of episodes is 218. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that really is. Considering and how year, much he was in it this year compared to last year. He was 51st. Really? Yes. Wow, what a, what a leap. I assume he's not going to be in it too much in 2021. Okay, who else have we got then? See, I don't know where... Has Yasmin made the top ten? Because I know she was in prison for a long time. Not in the top ten. Nope. Well, where has she come? She's 13th. Oh, that's close. Okay, um, let's think about some other big names then. Uh, what about old David? Yeah, where do you think David is? Oh, I don't know. Just just tell me, is he in the top ten? He's joint second. Oh, joint second, I say. Yes, joint second with somebody else. Oh, Nick. N- Nick, no. Is Nick, Nick is, is in Nick the there? top ten. He's number is five. He? Number five, okay. Not bad. How many episodes did, did old Nicholas get? 99. 99 episodes. Um, was... There was not very much in it. I'll say this. Number five, so like number six, 98, number five, 99, number 401, and second place is 102. Okay. Um, it, can't, I don't, it doesn't feel like Leanne's been in enough episodes, so n- n- not Leanne in the top ten? Wrong. No, okay. 
Um, Do you want to guess where Leanne is in the top ten? Is she in the top ten? I said you were wrong. Yeah. She's, so, she's in the top ten. What do you mean? I've said, is Leanne in the top ten? Oh, so she is in there? Yeah. Oh, no, just tell me. Where is she in number the top four. ten? Number four. Really? Oh. Yeah. So she's really, she's really third, but there's two number twos. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> One of else. them is a number two, I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> um, That's a pretty big clue. <laughs> it's somebody I wouldn't have expected, actually, at number two. Ray? No, Ray's no. not in the top ten. I'm just thinking about... Okay, um, okay, is, oh, see, my mind has gone blank. Is Gemma made it in the top no. ten? So no, she's not been in it as much in the Gemma's second half of the year. I don't even know where she is here. Wow, I'll we'll find it out in a minute. Um, oh, my mind has gone blank. Um, not Steve, um, not Shona, because she was away for a long time. Uh, oh, Sarah Lou. Hang on, Steve is number eight. Oh, Steve isn't there, is there, is he? Yeah, he's in Oh, I'm surprised about that. Okay, is Sarah Louise in there? Sarah Platt Barlow. Yes, number six. Okay, How, which numbers have I got left to get? You haven't got joint second. Um, you haven't got number seven, nine or ten. So number one is, is Jeff. Joint second is David. Leanne is four. Nick is five. <sighs> Sarah's six. Steve is eight. And then you've got... Okay, okay. Um, is Alia there in the top? Yes, she is. Oh. She's number seven. Congratulations, Alia. Well yeah. done. Um, can we get... Uh, oh, my gosh. My mind's just gone completely blank. Well, come on. One of them is like, yeah. <laughs> I might start needing clues in a minute. Um, right. Uh, just run it down. Uh, where does everybody live? Sally. Sally's in it, yes. Sally's number nine. Oh, fantastic. Um, and Tim? Tim's joint second. Tim is joint second. Can you believe it? Wow. I'm furious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how many have I got left now? So you've got, you've just got to get number ten. Is it, is it an easy one? It's you obvious. Say? Oh. <laughs> oh it's obvious when that. you're looking at the, um, <laughs> at the list. Okay. Uh... <laughs> You thought this person would be a very big part of the 60th at the beginning of the year, and so did I. Gary, oh, Gary. Gary. Gary Windass, of course. 88. Oh, lovely. Well, let me have a look at the rest of the list then, see what... Find where Gemma is, because I can't, let me just search. Gemma Winter is at number 16, there she is. Oh, I couldn't see that. Not bad. Uh, Oh, I see Adam and Abby just outside the top 10 as well. Interesting. Uh, Jenny at 20th. Oh, that's good. That's not bad, but she was at nine last last year. Uh, but she did go off to France for a while, didn't she? Oh, no, Imran's at 22. Oh! Yeah, oh, yeah, Jenny and Emma were, but were joint 20th, it looks like. And then Imran. Where's, where's Toya? Toya at 24. So, that's good. Yeah, yeah Imran got uh, three episodes more than Toya this year, with uh, Nina just snuck in between the 70. W- wouldn't let poor Toya in the... Um, courtroom. Yeah, it is, isn't it? That's what clinched. Yeah. <laughs> um, who else have we got? Dev on 38 episodes. Gail's yeah. 44th. Ken's 45th. Yeah, I mean, they've still had a fair number of episodes between them. Craig Tinker, 47. Aggie, yeah. and, Aggie and Ed are joint 50th. Oh, that's it. I wonder if they've... Oh, no, they weren't in all the same episodes. Well, yeah. 
Oliver Battersby, 53, because he had all those uh, not actually being shown scenes. He's, he had 41 episodes. So Todd came in in October and he that placed him in 54th, which gave him more episodes than Brian Packham, who was only in oh, 37 God. episodes this year at 55. Oh, wow. James Bailey, 36 episodes, blimey. Yeah, this is um, properly dropping now. Bethany, obviously, she left. Debbie. Um, wow, Asha was only in 30 episodes this year. That's just, um, that's not much, is it? Six well, she wasn't in it. It says here February to June and November to... Yeah, I mean, September, September to, to November. November. And this is all from cor- mm. coronationstreet.fandom.com. Look at this. Alina and Seb. It's 29 and 26 episodes. Yeah, I've not seen much of them. Beth, 26 episodes. 63rd. That's interesting stuff. Ardy, got, only 22 episodes. Oh, my God. The 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 quads were um, are listed here. Mm. And where's one? Where's the other one? Oh, Alad's Alid. been in 26. So he's 63rd. He's had his, his death time, hasn't he? And then Karis Bryn and Leo are like 68 to 70. Yeah. Um, who else? We've got Audrey, only in 19 episodes this year. Rita, 14 episodes. Okay, this is boring now. No, I'm finding it fascinating. Oh. Izzy, six episodes. Oh. Number 89. Number 89. Dear Moira, one episode, January only. It's been yes. a year since we've seen Moira. Yes. Oh, so sad. Right. Um, oh, I, I, I was quite pleased with myself for guessing those quite quickly. Well wasn't, done. Wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. How did you do, listeners? Um, I think, do, I think we, that's our uh, news half gone. Half an hour worth of news. Well, it's been a it's been a busy week, especially considering it's New Year. When well, listen, happens. when when you watch the news that for the normal television, and they spend half an hour and they still don't manage to say anything, mm. we've managed to do that in we've, half an hour. We could be hired as news people. <laughs> right, uh, let's uh, let's just come with the feedback and finish off this podcast, shall we? Yeah. We have got some festive feedback for you now to end the podcast with just a little bit. I think people were far too busy with Christmassy things. <laughs> so we we've not been inundated with feedback. We do have some uh, messages from our regulars, so thank you very much. Uh, before then, we have got our average score for Christmas week on Coronation Street. And we had loads of people voting on the poll this week. Yeah, it came out with a nice round number of average. The average score for last week on a Facebook group for last week's Coronation Street was four. Wow. Not 4.1 or 4.9 or 3.8. Very nice. That's four. Um, And Rebecca gave it four bunny trumps out of five last week. I can't remember where we scored it in the end. Uh, Hill gave it three and a half unisexual eyeliners. And Abby... uh, You didn't write down the number. Oh no, she gave it a, a certain number of happy 30th birthday cards to Rosie Webster. Airmailed all the way to Japan. Hooray. Oh, poor Rosie. Hope she's having a lovely time over there in Japan still. Come back, Rosie. Oh, I wouldn't come Helen back. Helen Flanagan is posting pictures on their Instagram daily. So if anyone else is missing their Rosie fix, then um, just, yeah, just Are you follow, suggesting that follow Helen, Helen Flanagan in any way resembles the character of Rosie? Well, if Rosie is up the duff at the moment, then she certainly does because it's mostly Helen in her pants with her, be- with her, with her pregnancy baby out. Yeah. Um, pregnancy I... baby out, pregnancy belly out. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, do you like it? Do you like it? Anyway, putting it back now. <laughs> it's um, not ready yet. <laughs> I would. Wouldn't it be great if Rosie came back from Japan with loads of babies? She's like, I oh, didn't I mention? <laughs> I don't know whether it was or not because. Oh, I guess the babies make characters boring. On they do, but I, I, for the little that we got with Rosie and Gemma was really good. 
you know, I'm just thinking of the lady, lady, of, lady of laws. Of laws. <laughs> and Rosie I think Webster, maybe, LOL. <laughs> maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that could help Gemma if Rosie came back and Gemma's, they could be both be mums together. I don't know. Gemma was this is like great two idiot mums. Yeah, yeah. Instead of instead there of trying to hang out, there might be comedy potential there. Instead of trying to hang out with all the yummy mummies, they could just be idiots together in their own stupid dummy club. mummies. And yeah, dummy mummies. <laughs> and that I bet you Rosie could teach Gemma a few tricks about how to do her vlogging. Oh yeah. Or maybe Rosie could. would be jealous of how many followers Gemma's got. Yeah. That would be actually be really funny. Just watching the pair of them being like. So, like, um, just so you know, Gemma, like, I got told this, but apparently um, you... I can't think of anything that I can say about a baby <laughs> that isn't really awful. Like, don't heat them up in the microwave when they're cold. <laughs> think about kittens, remember? Can you replace them? Don't put kittens. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, what's our feedback for this week? Gemma, we have got one from Nancy. I'll yep. read this out. She says that she's still enjoying the Who Knocked Out Adam mystery. It's great that is also who killed the Rick Nealon mystery intertwined. Mm-hmm. DS Willis was brilliant the way he got Maria to change her story. I've been waiting for Maria to ask for divorce and she finally did it. You haven't had to wait for too long, have you, Nancy? No. Then you got married like five months ago. I think Nancy's right, though, that most of us were immediately waiting for Maria and Gary to get divorced as soon as they got married. Yeah, so she they're can get half to... of that sweet loan shark cash. She's trying, they're trying to beat um, Sarah and Gary. Yeah. Exactly. Sarah and Adam. Oh, they're just they're, they're still um, Mike Baldwin and Jackie Ingram are the ones to be on the on the <laughs> old trivia, aren't they? Um, it looks like Faye did it. Yes. Oh, look at that! Nancy said in her email, it "Looks like Faye did it." When did you when did you send this, Nancy? This must have been like last weekend. So yeah, well done. Um, I don't think Adam will press charges in the end. If Ray is going to have a Cluedo evening, he'd better do it sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that I, was I supposed wonder. to be brilliant. And he's then... got other things on his mind at the moment. Yeah, but... He's like, I don't think anyone's going to come. Mm. Um, I loved Jenny singing in the Rovers. Sally Ann Matthews has a wonderful voice. Yes. Daisy is going to cause trouble for her, though, and I don't think Johnny will see jail time. Johnny and Jenny need a huge storyline. Mm. Um, it was wonderful that Leanne set up things for Nick and Sam so they could have Christmas together. Aww. Natasha moving to London. What a surprise, though. It's good that Sam is going to live with Nick. Yeah, Natasha's just gone now, hasn't she? I know, she's like... like I, I'm off I don't know, I tomorrow. guess you can keep my Bye. child. see you then. It's very odd and, and definitely quite unbelievable. All the actress who plays Natasha followed us on Twitter today. How exciting. <laughs> I don't... Just so I like, would like to know that one. Um, I think Billy is... Guys, you might think that we're too big and famous to care about things like this, but we will always stay humble. Every time somebody from Coronation Street follows us on Twitter, we get a little excitement from it. Oh, definitely. Love I still it. feel like I can't believe what has happened. Like, we were just talking about everything that's happened in the past year for the podcast. I just, I can't believe it. I feel like um, we're so lucky. Yes. And that actually, just while we're on the subject of this as well, in between recording the last bit of the podcast and recording this, we, we took my phone off uh, airplane mode and Ryan Russell had sent us a message which we're going to be inserting uh, into... Spoiler! Into the podcast that you may have already listened to. <laughs> I don't know. I just, spoiler! It was, nice. it was nice. I thought you were going to say it's somebody. Somebody. Has let's just say message. somebody. Let's just not say it might have been Ryan Russell, it might have been someone else. might have been Ryan, Ryan Prescott, it might have been... Um, Anyone? Who's the other Ryan? Who's a Ryan that played uh, don't Evil you, Josh? Don't even ask me. Could be Ryan. It could be Ryan. It could be not a Ryan. It could be anybody. But I think Nancy hasn't finished talking to us. Yeah. 
Nancy says, uh, I think Billy is going to try to stop Todd before Todd can make a move on Paul. I'd love to see Eileen arguing with Todd over this. I'd just love to see Eileen, Nancy, to be honest, at this stage. Uh, Yasmin took a big step forward by moving back in her house. I love that she invited people over for Christmas. It's realistic that she has flashbacks of Jeff. That's what Mel B would say. And uh, those scenes were very well done. I loved Kathy being there too. I'll give this week's episode three and a half, six foot rabbits out of five. And character of the week was David. Lovely. Lovely. Thank you very much, Nancy. Uh, what does Rebecca have to say this week, Jamar? Okay, so... Why did Jamar? you say it like that? Oh, no, look at Speed, this. Speed, Jamar. Rebecca's got loads to say about last week's podcast. Well, I better get into Not it. Podcast. Corrie, she, I don't know what she thought about the podcast. I'm sure she thought it was great. Five out of five. She says, I've been thinking all last week the basher was Daniel, but looking at the screenshot of the eyes, I'm now thinking it's Faye, especially Another with one. the clue See, this about... Came, well, I can't remember when Rebecca sent this, but yeah. Was anybody surprised it was Faye, <laughs> honestly, when it happened? I think Faye was. Um, <laughs> oh, I just realised it was me. Oh, that reminds me. Um, she says, especially with the clue about Sally having no whiskey and having Adam smelling whiskey on the basher's breath. I also agree that if it is Faye, then Adam will not press charges, especially if the truth about Ray attacking her comes out. It could also be Sarah, but the face looks too young to be Sarah. But we know Tina O'Brien doesn't age, so. Oh, true. However, it looks as if she had an alibi now with deleting the email, so the only thing Sarah is guilty of is being stupid. <laughs> that, you can always level that at Sarah, unfortunately. Yeah. So glad Maria didn't give in to Gary, and even though they have been married not long enough, their marriage was doomed from the start. I love Gary beating up. Father Christmas, though. Little model Father Christmas. <laughs> oh, Carrie beating up just a real-life Father Christmas. He's just going home for, for Christmas. The way he yeah, usually ends up with Gary, I'm surprised that the Father Christmas didn't launch himself at him and leave Gary a bloodied pulp on the on the uh, furniture <laughs> shop floor, because that's how, that's how he usually ends up in a fight. Let's that's, uh, that's just be honest. Uh. He's like a little scrappy chihuahua. Rebecca says, love David and Shona, especially Friday's episode. The wedding reenactment was just so cute. I also love Max playing Thank You Baked Potato on the wedding playlist because Lily had been messing with it. Great to see those two back together and Max has grown. A lot of people commented on Max Max has grown. I was shocked when I saw Max. I wasn't usually, I noticed things like that, but it's like... No, he has fine. he has launched himself skywards that that lad. He has been pulled a bit, but I don't. Know. Bless him. I didn't connect the dots between Daisy and David sleeping together, but as much as I don't want it to happen, I could see the writers doing that. I haven't seen anybody else you know, spouting no, this theory. I think it theory. was just me. I think it. Yeah, I think I just read something into it that wasn't there. I just want David. You've heard it here first, if it's if it's true, everybody. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm um, making stuff up, but if it turns out to be true, it's totally something that I knew all along. Um, Rebecca says, uh, I just want David and Shona left alone for a bit, please. Although I love Shona calling her Little Miss Moose face. I also agree with the Ed and Aggie small scene, small but sweet. That was lovely, that scene. I love Barney Mark too and the bunny wearing a mask was brilliant. Even though the scenes at the start of the week were hard to take, the payback on Christmas Day episode was worth it. Toy and Imran and Baby Mason were just so cute and I didn't even mind Gemma in that scene, especially her getting the dummy from her bra. Classic Gemma. I did feel for Leanne, though, when Toya was buying the nappies and she bumps into her sister. Even though it's sad that Mason's mum's operation is delayed, we get more family scenes with Toya and Imran. I didn't mind Billy dressed as Father Christmas, but maybe just one scene instead of three or four. Did we get three or four scenes? I thought it was only just one scene of him, and I just thought it was I trust Rebecca over you, Michael. Yeah. I did laugh at Will going into the police station, giving the thumbs up to Paul, then escaping. I also liked the Billy and Todd scene in the Rovers. You could feel the tension jumping off the screen. 
That's one thing that I think we haven't appreciated or mentioned about Gareth Pierce is not just his portrayal of Todd is really good, but his charisma and his energy with the other actors is also really on point, isn't it? I think so, yeah. He's working really well with everybody else. Yeah, and it was such such a difficult role to step into. Really hard, yeah. A lot of actors wouldn't have wanted to have to step into those shoes. Tip my hat to him. Rebecca says, Yasmin's story was great on Friday. I love seeing Jeff again, but I wasn't expecting that at all. The Elaine and Tim scenes were so cute and I loved Elaine bringing Christmas presents to Tim since she left him. I also loved the Elaine and Yasmin scene and I'm still hoping they form a friendship, but it depends on how long we have Paula Wilcox for. I also enjoyed seeing Kathy again. I didn't know if Jeff was dead in the body bag. I would have guessed... Oh, if I didn't know Jeff was dead in the body bag, I'd have guessed he would turn up with Yasmin saying, best Christmas ever. And technically, he did turn up. Finally, I was enjoying the Gemma Market stuff until Chesney and Kirk got robbed and then I was like, typical stupid stuff again. I did laugh at Chesney thinking Joseph had made the wreath and it was Kirk. Character of the week is David, but Shayna was a close second and I also enjoyed Maria this week too. I'll give it a four, bunny trumps out of five. Finally, just want to wish Michael and Gemma a happy 2021. Thank you for all the hard work that you do on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, 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 thanks. Um, right. You're welcome. Yes, you are indeed very, very welcome. Uh, last one, Fangirl Overload123 has been winging a message to us this evening and says, sorry I didn't write last week, but I was busy with Christmas and everything. What's no that? excuse. We well, still had to put a podcast. We did more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, she says, now we know who attacked Adam. Faye wasn't official subject, but I thought Suspect. all along it would be her Suspect. or Simon anyway. What did I say? Subject. Suspect. I wonder if Gary will take the fall for her. We we think so. Todd is so sneaky and I did not expect Paul to get arrested. I thought it was so smart when I wrote my projections and everyone's like, yeah, it was fair, obviously. <laughs> Finally, we've got a, Ray, a Roy and Carla scene. They are by far the best friendship on the street, in my opinion, and I have been waiting for this since David Nilsson came back. But Tim and Steve's bromance was sweet too. Another Tim scene I liked. Sorry, Gemma. Was the one with Elaine. <laughs> you, are you enjoying Tim and Elaine? I will never, ever admit oh, that I on. actually don't mind Tim anymore. We I will have, never admit it. We have changed our opinion on Tim over the years. Slowly, just don't screw it up, Tim. Um, Nick explaining the history of the new year is cute when you're nine, but not 40. Also, I can't keep track of who's <laughs> on Ray's side anymore, and I don't really care because we all know he's going to lose. That's what you, that's finally, what you said that's earlier. Finally, I loved Tim saying the other night when he meant yesterday, when it's normally the other way around. Yeah, I pointed that out as well. I said to you, Tim mentioned the other night um, referring to New Year's Eve, and they used to do that. That used to be how they referred to the previous episode, saying the other day, the other night, whatever. And now it's just all yesterday, yesterday, yesterday. But this was definitely New Year's Day, so we shouldn't have said that. It's silly. If if I was the new producer of Coronation Street, one of the one of my things I'd want to implement was every episode is set on the day it's broadcast. I know, but I thought gaps. about this. We always complain about we always complain about time and how you never know what day it's supposed to be. Or I just put it on every day of the week. But it actually causes far too many complications in story writing to have such a hard and fast rule about the like chronology of the show. I, th- I think they, they they used to do it so that they it was set to. on the day and then there would just be the days when they didn't get up to anything. But then they would also occasionally have them set straight after and it was fine. Yeah. But to, to go to the stage that we are now, that literally every episode is the day after the next one, it, uh, it just doesn't work for me. Um, 
Also, Peter, you can't go away because you're in tier four. Character <laughs> of the week is Faye, and I give it four off-brand chocolates in Billy and Paul's house out of five. I wonder if it's so high because I had a dream about really liking Corrie and it came true. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, you have to, you what need a, to do what a dream. Off-brand chocolates. Kenner's. That's that's number one nice, brand in Manchester. He did have a I'll nice have, tub know. of Kenners. I pointed did it out nice to you. Nice purple Kenners tub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have had two new patrons this week, which Thank is you. lovely. Thank you very much, Marina and Elizabeth, for supporting us. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it, and we're proud to say that for from December's Patreon money, we can donate. £105 to Women's Aid and £105 to the Lily Foundation on behalf of our lovely listeners. So thank you very I think, much I think for your we'll support. be getting on and doing that uh, this weekend. Yes, we, we shall. We shall. Um, and that's it for this, this week. Uh, thank yeah. you, everybody, First for listening. First one of the year in the can. <laughs> Just another 50 one, one to go. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe a couple of specials here and there. Maybe one or two. I mean, we've got some significant dates and numbers. Do we? I don't know. I don't do math. <laughs> right. Um, we will. We will be too... hitting episode five hundred this year. Yes. Who knows what we'll be doing? So, um, email us at conversationstreet at gmail dot com or find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com, dot dot com, which is our web address. You can review, view us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter. Find us on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon, where you can go. Um, Patreon, you can go and um, sponsor us and you get extra bonus content. You do, you do. It's lovely. Yeah. Very worth your while. And we are thinking about this year, maybe, buying some equipment. Oh, yeah, maybe. We were just talking talking before about getting some uh, new electronics set up for our podcasting recording so we're not just um yeah what i want to get what i'm particularly keen to do is to get one of those dancing sunflowers that reacts to the sound <laughs> of your voice so that we've got like a little cheering squad for everything we say no, as we're we saying do not it. want that i do <laughs> <laughs> right and that, that's it i control it. the purse strings in this podcast <laughs> you definitely do that's it that's the end of this episode and go we hope... and listen to the conversation street awards if you haven't done that yet it was great, and it's a little bit different this year. It's a bit different. It's a bit different. In some ways, we have cut a lot out, but we're going to have it in the podcast another time. And in other ways, we have got something new that we haven't had in the Conversation Street Awards before. We're very so honoured and sure pleased is, to present then, uh, to you a new experience in the world of Conversation Street Awards ceremonies. It, it, it is. It's, it's new. It's great. It's a new it's concept. It's the ninth year we've done it, so we've, uh, we've changed things up. What do you mean it's bit, the ninth it's, year? Yeah. Michael's explained why it's the ninth year to me. Right, that's the end. Can we go? Yes. Thank you, everyone, for Bye. listening. Have a nice day. Happy New Year. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs>